1: Guys, it's so bad, it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. I just had my dog on my lap. You, anybody watching this on YouTube can see because I did a little intro with Brooklyn, my dog. She, uh, she's not having it right now, folks. Um, that of course was the one and only Olivia Newton-John. May she rest in peace. Uh, truly, uh, you know, this is what's great about pop culture, and this is what's great about music and movies and these TV shows is that you can hear a song from Greece, or you can hear physical, or you can hear, you know, so many. You can see any of her movies and be reminded of her. Or think about when you first saw that. I was trying to remember when I first saw Greece. I remember my parents had the record album. And it had the double fold, and you would fold it. And I remember seeing the John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John picture. And then when I saw the movie as a kid, I just was fascinated. I was like, wow, these greaser guys, they really can sing. And, of course, you wanted to you wanted to sing Grease Lightning all the time, which, by the way, then in high school, um, it was my junior year of high school, I played Kanicki. A Hickey from Kaniki is, you know, I played Kaniki in high school and the cool thing about the Grease musical, stage musical, because it was first a stage musical, you guys, is that Kaniki gets to sing Grease Lightning. It's not Danny, it's Kaniki. So I got to, I got to show you guys this picture one day. I thought I looked like a badass and I genuinely look, I, I genuinely look troubled. I look yeah it's just it's not a good look and I thought I looked so cool and I had like a cigarette in my hair it just looks you ever do that you guys when you think you want to look like a badass or kind of cool and then you see a picture of yourself and you're like holy shit why did people let me get out of the house like that that like I had parents and they were not parenting that day you know they're like oh cool it's cute that you're doing this and i was we were doing like 500 seat theaters that's the other dumb thing about high school theater it's always like a way big of theater and it does not prepare you for the real world when you're usually performing for like eight people in an improv theater on a thursday night because at your high school musical you got 500 people you got a full theater of people and you're like it's always gonna be this way anywho Olivia Newton-John has struggled with cancer for a long time uh, and and has, like, worked uh, with with breast cancer survivors, breast cancer uh, sufferers. Uh, She has done so much charity work in that. I mean... Set aside the fact that she was kind of an icon in so many ways, her music career, her movie career, uh, just seemed like a really amazing lady. Now, there's even like wild stories about her. I don't know if you remember, it was like 15 years ago, this dude that she was dating, and this is not the time for that, but he faked his own death. I swear to God, it's like the weirdest story. I'll have to do it at another time because I don't want to do that right now because that's just in poor taste. But what a but also what a courageous life. She'd been battling cancer for the last three years, and uh, she um, she finally succumbed to it. And it's rare in uh, the TV and movie industry for. Somebody to pass and you only read and hear good things. So this has been a wild day, if you guys know. This is uh, Monday night, and so much stuff has gone on today again. But I did want to take us uh, a moment at the top of the show to to, you know, I mean, I think we all I when she comes out in that leather outfit at the end of Grease, and she's and, and he's like, Sandy! Why Baba Luba, Sandy? What's going on? It's me, Danny. And she's in that and she goes, Tell me about it, stud. And like steps on the cigarette. Swear to God, her and Michelle Pfeiffer, which actually in Greece too, maybe I just had a weird thing with Greece. Total guy boner on that. Like, and I, that's weird saying because I am a guy. Like, so I, wow, this is truly not a good tribute. Uh I'm just saying that she meant a lot to so many people and in terms of pop culture uh in terms of music and movies just amazing. What an amazing career. I mean, she will be known uh, probably the most for uh, the Grease movie and soundtrack, even though she had so many hits. And of course, you you can't talk about Olivia Newton-John and not talk about Xanadu Ma- making a roller skating in a movie cool again. You had two of a kind, another John Travolta movie that I remember. Um, but I wanted to read you what John Travolta wrote to her on Instagram. And uh, he wrote, my dearest Olivia, you made all of our lives so much better. Your impact was incredible. I love you so much. We will see you down the road and we will all be together again. Yours from the first moment I saw you and forever. You're Danny, you're John. Because Danny was the character you played in Greece. And I thought that was really nice. There are those people that I think, especially with pop culture, that you will be paired with. For the rest of your life, I was even thinking in terms of Teresa Giudice because of uh, the wedding, you know, of the century this past week, is that we'll always think of Teresa and Joe Giudice, right? Because that's how, you know, they were both introduced to us on Real Housewives of New Jersey. So there, you know, you're always kind of tethered to this person. And I mean, we all have that in our lives too, whether it be boyfriends, girlfriends, wives, husbands, you know, our friends and stuff. But it's interesting when it goes out into the public and we all have opinions and thoughts and feelings and we you know, these things that they do, it means so much to us that sometimes we forget that they're actual real people on top of that. John Travolta, too, I would love to do an episode on him one day because what a not only an interesting career, and of course you can get into the Scientology aspect of it, but, I mean, just his family, his son passed away, his wife uh, passed away um, a a couple of years ago, and just, I mean, and that's the other thing, is every time Greece would celebrate an anniversary, John Travolta would, like, show up on Entertainment Tonight with the Olivia Newton-John, they'd be, you know, John would always, like, the leather jacket, but it would be tighter and tighter on him as he got older. And it seemed like they both loved the legacy of that movie so, so much. And I think we uh, love the legacy of that as well. So I just wanted to say that at the top of the show, um, Olivia Newton-John, may you truly rest in peace. Uh, I really, I don't know, I truly do. uh, And especially, I was thinking just because of my mom lately and everything that she was going through, it really did, you know... And we're all going to have to fight our own battles and struggles and all that stuff one day. And I swear to God, we're going to get to the funny stuff in just maybe not ever, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But we'll get there. It's just something that I've been thinking about. Uh, So Olivia Newton-John, my mom, actually, good update on my mom. This is great. I was uh, speaking with my dad today, and uh, I tell you guys way private stuff that I shouldn't even tell you, but – I think the chances are slim to none that my parents even listen anymore. Um, so, you know, I can tell you. So yesterday I was telling you how my mom likes to make up these outlandish stories. Uh, and she won't take her pain medication. She's like, it makes her nauseous. Never smoked weed in her life. So I, was t- I said, hey, dad, what's going on? And uh, it says, uh, hey, um, mom's doing well. You're going to love this. She asked me to text your sister and ask her, since she isn't taking any pain meds, would it be okay to have a glass of wine? (laughs) She's tired of drinking water and chewing ice. And then he goes, but she's not hooked. And then my dad always does the crazy emoji, like the one eye and the tongue. My dad always, my dad uses more emojis than Kanye West, which we'll get to Mr. West in a second. Um my you know your sister said it was okay so kara is her favorite sibling now and i was like oh my god that's hysterical i said that's probably where all the pain is coming from with my mom is detoxing from wine because my mom will always have one glass of she has like t- a table red nothing fancy she's a table red that she gets from um what's the big uh, not sam's club costco from costco She'll stock up. I've I've been to her class. She'll be like, I'll grab six of those bottles. She's like, oh, it lasts me a long time. And then she'll pour a glass at night. And it'll be like a really... Not like this size. But I mean, I'm sure she would try if she could. So it'll be like a nice hefty glass. And then she'll just sit... And she'll be on her, like, she has an iPad the size of an IMAX screen, you guys. And she's like, oh, it helps, because I can see it easy. But she's just like, it genuinely looks like she has a whole TV in her hands. And she'll just sit there with a glass of wine and just, she'll also go on Facebook so much and be like, oh, your friend Nick looks like he's having a good night. He posted his dinner. And then I'll be like, mom, that's actually a picture from a couple of years ago. Oh, well, it showed up here. Like, the amount that my mom loves to Facebook spot, it's, I call her the initial, the original Facebook detective. I don't know if your parents were ever like this, but she'll uh, she would always do this. She'd be like, "Oh, your friend Susie had a nice night at the Hollywood Bowl. Were you invited?" The other night, she posted pictures that looked fun. Were you not invited? She'll always try to stir up some sort of shit, and it's amazing. She's like, oh, I just, I, you know, she's very active on Facebook. Yet the woman never posts. She does the same thing with Instagram. She's just kind of this, like, just kind of this, this ghost, just around the social medias. And I know other parents do this as well. But she'll never post, but she's always there. Never posts, always there. In fact, you know, she, uh, you know, if, if anybody mentions her name on Instagram, I think, she, like, I went back and checked, she's liked most of them. So it's like she'll she's on it like a hawk. And I got to tell you. You guys are amazing listeners. Uh, YouTube, you're, you're new to me, but the, the podcasting group, you guys have been with me for years now, and it has been so amazing, so nice, so supportive. But I tell you, the number one supporter in my life has always been my mom. You, you know how many goofy-ass posts I make on Instagram? She has no idea what's going on, and she likes every single one of them. I mean, even your best friend in the world is not going to like every single one of your doofy Instagram posts, but Becky Bailey does. So wanted to give you the update. It sounds like she's back to drinking, so that's amazing. Congrats. Hats off to Becky Bailey. What a start to the pod. How are you guys? I didn't even get to ask. I'm so sorry. I hope you guys are having a gentle re-entry to the week. Uh, I have Brooklyn, like I said, my dog, and she takes medicine. You know, Brooke, do you mind if I tell him about... The medicine you take she takes uh medicine three times a day but it's like seven different pills and it's just this constant game we play it's like my mom won't take her pain pills brooklyn won't take her medicine so you have to find different ways to hide the pills and you got the pill pockets you got a ground turkey i can make and try to hide it in there sauce like i mean so many but the this is where it's like dogs are so damn smart man like Brooklyn will lick her own ass like till kingdom come, but can find a pill like that. I mean, can literally. I mean, I get. I have to switch meats three times a day. I because eventually, if you if you if none of that works, you have to water it down and put it into a syringe and then get her mouth open like she's like in a trapped in a hospital or something. Brooke, I'm talking about you. Is that okay? Okay, cool. Um, and and so like it's hit or miss. The morning medicine, rough go. Afternoon medicine, she killed it. And then the night medicine, half was good, and then half she was like, I, I see what you're doing. It's embarrassing. Like, I see you're very – you've got to tell. Your tell is you're literally sweating all over this chicken. She said – So she's with us all week. She's a recurring guest this week. Now, I was considering breaking this into two episodes, uh, one, the pop culture, and then the other, the Southern Charm recap. But I'm just going to put it all together. I don't know if I'll be doing a show on Wednesday. The last couple of weeks have been kind of uh, taking a uh, just a toll. And then I got to tell you about the trainer I'm working out with you guys. Just keep updating you on that because it's sad and hysterical. Um, so it's going to be like a two plus hour episode, which is just too, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, I think this is real fun and good and all that stuff, but I got to find a way to split these up better. But the other thing too, is that on the podcast, you listen to commercials and I always want to give enough. So no matter how many commercials you're listening to, you still feel like you got a good show. Because I don't want to ever put out like a 20-minute episode and then you have to listen to like eight minutes of commercials. That would be ridiculous. I don't like that and I don't want to ever do that to you. And I can talk... To the end of days. Like, it's that, no skin off my back. There's plenty of things to talk about. I mean, there's like 40 pop culture things to talk about, let alone the entire episode of Southern Charm from this past week, which, my God, we really have to talk about Southern Charm. Bapa do, bapa dee It's a sad bapa do, bapa dee I don't know. Also, mustache, how's it looking, folks? Now, I think from this angle, Before you reverse the image, it looks cool. But then if you reverse the image, my face is naturally crooked, I think. So it looks like two caterpillars are just like one's thicker than the other. And they're just both landing on my lip. I think this mustache probably has three more days. Um, But I will say my mom saw it. And my dad is a famous mustachioed father. And she goes, oh, my God, you look like your dad. And then my ex dropped off Brooklyn on Sunday and uh, she goes, oh, my God, you, your dad. And I'm like, I don't – I didn't even think about my dad. I was thinking about cool people like Tom Selleck and um, who had a – who – oh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans grew a mustache. Remember he grew a mustache a couple months ago and all the girls were freaking out? No girls were freaking out. Like literally people were like, oh, you got to – that's that's weird. You, You're doing something with your face. Okay. But when Chris Evans does it, girl boners everywhere. Girl bumpers everywhere. Anywho, I am exhausted because so so many reasons. But I work. So I started with a trainer a couple weeks ago, and uh, it sucks. Like I paid this person. I've never paid for a trainer ever before. But I was like, it's getting out of control. I'm so out of shape. I can't do this. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to like do this forever. And I want to be excited to go out and meet people and stuff. And none of that. I mean, like I just exhausted all the time. Don't want to go out. Want to be a hermit, all that. But so I started with this trainer and it was horrible. You literally pay this dude to make him make you feel bad. Like you, he gets paid for me to hate myself and the working out process. And I realized like when I go hiking or something, that's on my own pace. You know, like I try to sometimes well, like get a time going, but it's like hiking. I, I've done that. I've never done weights and all that stuff. And this is like he you know he's shortening my rest time in between reps now and like today I like immediately I was like just drenched and on Mondays it sucks because last Monday was the same way had a bunch of girls there so I'm like sweating around all these girls within five minutes and I'm trying to make jokes but I can't catch my breath and uh you know he's like and I said hey man I, I just don't think I'm getting better he's like no no you are he's like we've increased weight and uh, I am cutting your time in between sets and I'm like i cutting your recovery time in between sets and i'm like yeah you are because i don't feel like i'm recovering at all and by the end he had me working with this medicine ball this big old medicine ball like 15 or 20 pounds i don't know what it was and you had to lift it up for like well 30 seconds of like lift it hit it lift it hit it lift it hit it and then after that what is this damn plan in my way and then you had to take it and you had to go You had to go to the side, hit it, pick it up, side, hit it, pick it up, side, hit it. You had to do that 12 times. And then he made me get on my back. And uh, I had to do this thing where I lifted my legs and like balanced on my butt. So like my this part and this part was up for 30 seconds. And I had to do three sets of those, you guys. And by the end, I was just like whole. I mean, I got to say, like, I am crying it's taking me longer to cry in these sessions, but eventually I get there, and I just feel so bad because this dude's, like, ripped. He's studied science. He's all buff and burly, and he, like, you know, I'll talk to him about how he trains, and it's just, like, I'm, like, bare. – I'm out of breath the entire time. Like, even if I can do an exercise, like, four or five times, then you get him to eight, nine, ten, and I'm, like, kill – like, I'm dead, Anyway, I just wanted to keep – you know, it's not real unless I tell you guys. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's get into some pop culture stories. What a day, by the way. Uh, this is not a political podcast, but uh, some stuff happened to Donald Trump today, which I thought – I was like, oh, my God, this is like Jen Shah and the Sprinter Man again, like I said. Or I was like, oh, my God, did Chris Jenner set this up just to distract away – From Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. We were talking about that on Monday's show with Sophie. I mean, how deep does this Kris Jenner go? I actually do talk about that with my trainer. I try to find things to bond with him on. And so far, we've got like uh, Kanye, Kid Cudi. He likes that whole like debacle a uh, little bit Kardashians, but like kind of related to Travis Scott, so we had to bring up Travis Scott and Kylie. So we're finding commonality, and you know, but I haven't been able to hit him with like Housewives stuff or anything like that. I'm hoping to meet uh, his uh, wife one day and see if she's a fan. Uh, but he did know Phaedra Parks, which was actually really exciting because I was like, yeah, I got, I got to talk to her. And he still made me do the same amount of reps. He didn't really uh, give a shit. Um, okay, so. Speaking of Christian and the Kardashians and all of this shit, I, I they, they are just exhausting. It's another week of exhaustion. Now they did re- release the Kardashian season two Hulu trailer, and guess what, you guys? It's a piece of donkey shit. Like it is. They are giving nothing up. They are the only thing we get is like Courtney going, "Isn't it called? That live like no one's watching and I'm like oh my god just because you finger bang like Free Willie all over town and stuff like that nah, isn't it great to make people uncomfortable and they can't do like it was just amazing and then you had Chloe and Kim like dancing and partying and I'm like you numb nuts are you trying to edit Pete out and you didn't know like what to like I have a f- I- I'm so curious what this is but it basically showed us nothing it premieres in September So get ready. It's like just we need a month without a Kardashian like really Chris if you're listening have everybody take off for a month. I swear to God let us miss you for a second. I swear to God it's gonna it'll be okay. Now I woke up and that's always usually where the trouble starts you guys. Um, I was immediately awakened and I had so many text messages and all of this stuff because Kanye West Made his way back to Instagram, you guys. Yes. Now, he posted a a mock-up. You know, he he appreciates a meme format, but this is a mock-up of a New York Times issue. Uh, You can see this right here. Uh, It says, Skeet Davidson, that was his name for Kim and Pete. Skeet Davidson dead at age 20. Oh, sorry, Skeet's name for Pete. Skeet Davidson dead at age 28. And he threw this up. By the time I had awoken and seen this, it had been up for hours, five hours, and it was already at 2.3 million uh, likes. Like, who the fuck is liking this shit? Like, then you see half my friends liking it, and I'm like, oh my God. Give me Natalie Norrie's Black Book liking it. It's like, come on, don't encourage this dipshit. Like, listen, you guys know my feelings on Kanye. Love his music up until, like, Life of Pablo. And I gotta say, even the even the yay up i know they're i think i donda 2 is where i am going to potentially depart um so he posts this and that was my joke on monday he must be having the best weekend ever but what's cool is to think about kanye having the best week ever what's not cool is to have somebody that has this many followers this much reach is a billionaire And he posts something as a 43-year-old man making fun of a 28-year-old boy that fucked his wife. I get the anger, sure, right? I just don't understand. And this is where I come from it as just a person that's curious about religion, that's curious about everything, is that where does God stand? Didn't God say to turn the other cheek? Is this a different God? How many gods are there? Was the God like, yo, make sure you get him in a stupid ass meme, okay? And then it didn't even stop there, folks, because if you read in the very, very small print at the bottom, you have to really like zoom in on this. It says Kid Cuddy meant to play funeral, but fearful of bottle throwers. How fucking sad is that? Let me tell you, though, both Pete Davidson and Kid Cuddy have mental health issues that they have been open with it, that they've been open with, and that they actively um, are on medicine and have counselors for their trauma and, uh, you know, just for what they go through. Guess who doesn't? Guess who fights it every step of the way? I'm so bored with this Kanye West, you guys. Kanye! He, you know... But this, it's, I mean, it is such a weird form of bullying, and it actually genuinely scares me. Trigger warning, you don't know what somebody's going to do. What he's referring to this about the bottle throwers is we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kid Cudi stepped in for Kanye at the Rolling Loud Festival after Kanye pulled out at the very last minute. And Cudi got uh, pelted with water bottles uh, because of Kanye. They were all Kanye fans. Also, Kanye did show up at Rolling Loud in a smaller tent with Little Dirk, the rapper, and uh, it was on during, Con- uh, during Kid Cudi's set suit. So anyways, Kid Cudi got to a point where he ended the show early because he said, you know, if you keep hitting me, I can't, I can't keep doing this. So this also not only makes fun of Pete Davidson, but it also makes fun of Kid Cudi. And I just think this is the most, I mean, we were just talking about how the one Daily Mail article said Pete was too immature for Kim. I'm like, dude, this is the height of immaturity. This is just so sad. I mean, like, and the thing is, this dude is such a gifted dude. And we can know, we we can't control anybody, right? I guess that's the beauty of living here still. And that's the beauty of art is that you can't control anybody, right? But when it gets to this, when it gets into bullying, when it gets into like, man, you'll use your gift for shit. Like, let me do shitty jokes. Let me do shitty memes. You literally had somebody mock up. You said, you know, here's what I want to do. Let's, uh, I mean, wouldn't you love to have the email through? on this of Kanye going around going okay I want the New York Times right okay and this is gonna be so funny right New York Times and then we take away the headline okay and and I say the headline is Skeet Davidson dead at age 28 and you know his yes men are like uh I don't know man like, I don't even know if computers can kind of do that thing that sounds pretty impossible because they're trying to discourage him but they can't say no because everybody around them are yes men and they're all pussies you know Hey, I don't think we can do that. That just seems too hard. New York Times, can we get sued for that? That's so crazy. I don't know, Kanye, but it's really funny. It's a good idea. And then I'll be like, no, I know it can be done. Okay, we'll do it. And then he's like, oh, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Let's also, in very small print, make fun of Kid Cuddy. And remember when I got everybody to throw water bottles in? Let's put the water bottle. Kid Cuddy seems kind of like sad a lot. He's I don't know. He's just he's been really open about his mental health struggle, and I don't know. uh You do it, and you're fired. Okay, yeah, let's do it. I think it's cool. It's a good, it's a good add-on joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so disappointing. Of course, he deleted the post like a pussy. Uh, I think like an hour and a half after I'd gotten up. So I think it was up for like a total of six and a half hours. Daily Mail report from a, uh, unnamed source that Kim was furious and requested he take it down. Ugh, what a mess. Now, there's been so many articles about P. Davidson today, who is still in Australia shooting the movie Wizards, um... But by the way, I, now when we see the preview for Wizards, if you know how you're like from the producer of The Dark Knight, I want it to be I want the trailer for Wizards of like shot during the time of Kim's breakup with Pete. I still kind of think Pete broke up with Kim. Like, who wants this shit? I mean, this is just another example of what a fucking mess. I got to tell you, these aren't aspirational people, folks. I know we want all the clothes, the cars, the jewelry, all of this money. But this seems like a nightmare. Now, there were a couple articles, like I said, posted today. One was false, that saying Pete Davidson had asked Kim to marry her. That is completely false and actually has been debunked by her camp. Um, but Kim did uh through a source say she was completely embarrassed of what Kanye did. Welcome to the Kanye Club. I mean Kim must just have like that unnamed source on lock of like give him the old one two, you know, and the one two is I'm sorry for Kanye, I'm so sorry uh, the other article that uh Keith, uh that <laughs> that Pete has uh ha- has been in trauma counseling because of this relationship. And because of the Kanye of it all. Because remember, the Kanye of it all, we can all laugh, but remember the pull this guy does have. Even if I make fun of him, remember, I still kind of love him too, which is just horrible. And that's why it hurts so much when he's such an asshole because you're like, damn, I've spent so much money on you. I've spent so much of my, I'm not rich and I've spent money on you. I've gone to your concerts, I've bought your merch. I mean, I'm not going to buy one of those Gap hoodies unless somebody from the Gap is listening and wants to send me one. But no, like, it's, 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 I'm not. I'm going to chill on supporting. I have all your albums. going to keep listening to those, I guess. But this is ridiculous, and it seems like you've learned nothing. Uh, there was that kind of thought that we were teasing around with of, like, would Kim get back with Kanye? I can resoundingly say no. I mean, 100% say no. If they ever do get back together, we do know then that... This is all that we live, that we completely live in a simulation, and people are just playing us like video games. And somebody got to a top level and they got to choose that Kanye got back together with Kim because I just Kim would not do that. He's making it so obvious. But those poor kids, those poor kids are already screwed six ways from Sunday, right? Because how do you grow up in that? Even if I think Kim seems like a great mom. I mean, amazing things being done for you, but I always like to picture, you know, each one of these birthdays. These numbnuts—they get like a seven-year-old's birthday. They hire the actual Incredible Hulk. Like they literally make Mark Ruffalo. No, no. they But you know what I'm saying? Like they spend like what looks like eight hundred. Like it, every birthday is a sweet sixteen on MTV. Like my super sweet sixteen on MTV. What happens if any of these kids love a normal person? Like what happens eventually, and it's like, hey, Randy, what did you get north? Uh, I uh, I had worked at the movie theater all summer, and I saved up, and I um, I got this little pendant from Macy's, and uh, I had waited till their Memorial Day sale, and we got I got it. And it was like two fifty. I wasted I, all my money's gone from you know what I saved, and then Kim's like two fifty. You spent two fifty on my daughter. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Two fifty. 250. What do you who do you think my daughter is? Rob Kardashian, give me a break. I mean, the expectations on these people, on these kids, it's just out of this world. I mean, to come to grips with who the Kardashians are are one thing, but then to start looking into your father and you start off really strong. If you were to go to the history of Kanye West, you're like, "Holy shit, wonderkind, genius." Oh my God, college dropout in the late registration and the graduation. What a three album, you know, genius. Then you got Yeezus. Then you got all that. And then you're like, oh shit, it, it desperately falls off. Uh, I do support mental health though. And I truly hope that Kanye accepts that. You know, I know what I know. I know that thing though. It's this false assumption that I, even I have that I didn't want to go, on ther- go to therapy or go on SSRIs ever because I thought, oh my God, what if it takes away what makes me me? Uh, and I, I, I mean, part of me kind of wished it did, uh, but it didn't. I mean, I'm still me. I can manage things a little better, but you know, like I said, nothing is just like this overall cure, but he seems to fight against it. And it's scary when you think about how much money this man has now. And he's made some really great artistic decisions that have led to amazing financial success. But what does any of that matter if this is how you end up? You know, you're a villain in wrestling right now. It's just weird. And I got to tell you, even just from the music standpoint alone, as just a music lover, I listened to Donda to to 2, and I-, I found parts of it just unlistenable. And not in a way of like, this will catch up to me. You know, like, oh, I need to catch up to this album. No, it just seemed really lazy, really too bloated of a mess. And Donda was a little bit—I I listened to the Donda uh, Donda 1 expanded edition, and that was even bloated. But the production was, like, out of this world, at least on it. It wasn't my favorite by any means, but the production, you're like, holy—I mean, just—but the Donda 2 one was just—I don't know if you guys agree. It was just weird. Uh, huge news uh, in romance. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. The amazing actor and director, uh, his most recent film, Thor, Love and Hunt Thunder, came out a couple of weeks ago, has uh, gotten gotten engaged, you guys, to Rita Ora. Uh, everybody, I don't listen to Who Weekly, but I do know Who Weekly has. I think them, they have a ongoing Rita Ora joke since the beginning of their podcast. So what a huge day for our friends over at Who Weekly. I mean, Who Weekly, by the way, is one of those... Where I want to listen to it because of how fucking good everybody says it is. My God. That's like, those are dream guests one day. Like, that is, those are dream guests. Like, I've listened to clips. I've followed both of them on Twitter. I love all of their social media. I almost went to their show when they came to LA a couple of years ago. And it just, I mean, what what a cool and what a great concept for a podcast, you guys. Who Weekly, where they take B-list celebs and decide if they're a who or a them. And I just think it's so cool because you're able to talk about all these little corners of pop culture and media and all of this stuff through this framing device. Whereas my framing device is just every everything. It's everything. And it's really hard. And it goes really long shows. Uh, let's see here. Uh, some quick news. Bravo. You know Bravo. You love Bravo. Bravo, you guys has a new show that will be premiering pretty soon. Uh, I woke up to the preview of this, and uh, it is called Real Girlfriends in Paris. And it premieres on Bravo on September 5th. And you guys, what it's about, Real Girlfriends in Paris, So it's like probably a combination of Emily and Paris. But I watched the trailer, and it kind of gave me a little bit of a Gallery Girls vibe. I don't know if you guys remember that one hit, Wonder. Was it like 2008 or 2009? Maybe 2012? Anyway, Gallery Girls, if you haven't seen it, amazing one-season wonder show. But Real Girlfriends in Paris. Now, this is the thing that I think about that, too, is Real Girlfriends in Paris. It took me a second to be Real Girlfriends in Paris. What a weird name. But then I was like, oh, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Los so, my prediction, and this isn't really a hard prediction because I think everybody would probably predict this real girlfriends will start being franchised. You'll get real girlfriends in Paris, real girlfriends in Bakersfield, real girlfriends in Topanga, Kent. You know, this could be the first iteration of a whole nother franchise for Bravo. So, I'm all for it. And I got to tell you, there is something really intriguing for me to watch something that is not Housewives. It's like that same kick you get out of watching Below Deck or Vanderpump Rules or Summer House or uh, Family Karma. Um, You know, it's great to take it out of the Housewives world. Uh, and so I'm really excited for this, actually. <laughs> I love me, an older man. I'm really excited to watch these <laughs> these girls. <laughs> hey. So, okay, September 5th, mark your calendars. We'll definitely be covering it on the show in some fashion. Um, okay, what else? Ozzy Osbourne, you guys. Ozzy Osbourne has had so many health issues of late over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know... A lot of people were worried that he was never going to be able to perform live again. He had just had back surgery a couple of months ago, actually, and he had COVID on top of that. But he has had a string of medical issues for years now. If you watch the um you know, Meet the Osbornes, is it Meet the uh the Osborne, sorry, not meet the Burke. The Osborne's by the way, I've told the, the Osborne's I own on DVD the first season because I remember when that premiered on MTV and I just thought it was a, you know, like those reality shows you watch and you're like, Oh, they've got something really cool here. They've got something special. I, I wouldn't, I was never an Ozzy Osbourne fan at that point. I mean, I knew some of his music, but of course I listened to, you know, more boy bands and like Richard Mark, <laughs> listen to cool shit. No, I listen to some anyways, not important. Um, but you watch the Osbournes and you're like, Holy shit. It's like, there's aspects of my family in that. You know, you had Jack and Kelly, the kids, and you're like, okay, cool. And then the mom, of course, Sharon. What a, I mean, and so I loved I remember there was one whole episode, you guys, where Ozzy had just discovered Chipotle and he's like, oh, I'm gonna get a burrito. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a, <laughs> what a great Ozzy I'm gonna get a, uh, Jack, you want a Chipotle burrito? That's. <laughs> <laughs> And it was all about him going to Chipotle and ordering this burrito. And that was back when Chipotle, you could really get them to get like, give you like a 20 pound burrito. And he was just fixated on it, fixated on it. And it was like, I remember going, I love this. This is like one of the best. And even you guys, they used to have a thing called Virgin Megastore, uh, this record music video, all that shit. They had one on Sunset and Crescent Heights. And I worked at Burke Williams, which was a fancy massage facial place in the same um, the same complex. And Virgin Megastore was right there. And I remember on my break from work, I was in a suit. I bought the DVD so I could get it signed by the Osborn. So my Osborn's DVD, I, I So my Osborn's DVD, you guys, is signed by all of the Osborns. Jack, Kelly, Sharon, Ozzy, they were all there. And I remember Sharon like, why didn't you date somebody that dresses like him, Kelly? And she, like, blushed. And then I blushed. I think I blushed harder than she blushed. But it was really exciting. It's like one of my prized possessions is this Osborne's DVD set. But great reality show, actually. I love that reality show so much. Anyway, anywho. The whole point was, will Ozzy be able to uh, tour again? And this was exciting. He made a surprise appearance at the Commonwealth Games uh, in Birmingham uh, to close out the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games in the closing ceremony. And, uh, that was very, very cool. It was a 30,000 person capacity crowd. Uh, so Osborne and his band Black Sabbath, we all know Black Sabbath, received a rapturous ovation. The 73 year old Prince of Darkness has not performed for several years due to ill health. And he's like, I love you, Bubba Nam. It's good to be back. He shouted as he rose through the stage to the round off the show with classic hit Paranoid. Um, So that's awesome. I hope he is able, because Sharon, by the way, is one of the most astute, intense business managers and music managers out there. You know, we know her from hosting a lot of these shows and stuff. But if you read, I mean, this, you do not fuck with Sharon Osbourne. Sharon Osbourne will end you. I mean, like, she is like a Kris Jenner that was not able to cover up their evil side of them as much as Chris does. Like, I would love to see Sharon in action because she's just amazing, but she had Aussie on the road for so long. So, I mean, I, I wonder if he will do a full tour again. I think he's, he's got to, if he can do this, I mean, Sharon will get him back out there immediately. Um, okay. What else? By by the way, I keep thinking about the Maddie Pruitt, uh, and her boyfriend, Trizzy Trout. You, you Maddie Trizzy Trout. The audio I left in the show yesterday of their Amazon Live that they did, completely ridiculous. I I don't know. Interesting. So, also, Real Housewives of Atlanta, you guys. Now, I got Marlow list. I I mean, I was a Marlow Hampton fan. I still am a Marlow Hampton fan, but not doing it. I don't know what she thinks she's doing, but it's not working. And I will tell you, Candy Burris, keep your name. Keep her name out of your mouth. Candy Burris is a international superstar. I mean, the songs she's written, the songs she's performed, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta from the beginning, a theater producer now, a restaurant owner. Like, I mean, what can this lady not do? Uh, a l- amazing family? You do not speak ill of Candy Burris. You just don't. I mean, you just don't. You can speak uh, Like, listen, I... I I'll give you the lies. No, you can speak ill. Like, I hear bad things about Nini a lot. I hear bad things about, like, but Candy. you got to leave Candy alone. Like, what, you can say, oh, Candy's a little freaky. So what? Also, Candy monopolized off her freakiness. She sold toys and stuff. Amazing. She has the dungeon. Amazing. Great. Let your freak flag fly. But I, I just will not take Candy Burris Slander. And Marlo, you, you should be sitting this one out. What a weird battle to pick! in so I just what a weird battle. Like why why do that? Um, also, another weird battle that this uh, they they've been having. What seems like it feels like for years now, and it's going to lead us into a topic about streaming services that I teased in yesterday's show. Yeah, you are like ooh, streaming services, Ryan sounds sexy. Um, okay, so it all starts uh, streaming services, right? We've had a tough go of it. Streaming services were at their pinnacle, their peak during the pandemic because guess what? We were all inside for years and just glued to that old TV. I would, I would, I was watching the Night Stalker documentaries on Netflix you know, two in the morning on a Tuesday because I was so scared the world was ending. I was like, why not watch all serial killer documentaries? Like, they re- remember that weird time during the pandemic? I mean, the whole thing was weird, but that weird time when you were not adjusted yet... And it would just be silence everywhere, except one person you would see, like, kind of dragging through the street, or at least I heard that in Los Angeles, and I just remember that. It scared the shit out of me. But I would watch things that would also scare the shit out of me, the news being one, and then, of course, anything that Netflix had to offer. And then, of course, you could throw Hulu on there. And, of course, then Disney Plus came out during that time. And then, ooh, Paramount Plus actually started one, right? Like, who didn't have a streaming service or who doesn't have a streaming service anymore? So everything was great. It was a gravy train. You have a streaming service. You are going to be potentially an automatic billionaire. How exciting, right? The future is streaming. And that was really exciting because a lot of artists got to actually make their ideas. They actually, these creatives and of all ethnicities, all colors, all races, it was beautiful. It truly was Remember, representation matters. We see that on Bravo a lot. They actually do sometimes a great job at representation. So these streaming services are all HBO Max. Holy shit. They were doing all of these stories that represented everybody, not just people like me. Because by the way, how I mean, are we I mean that's one of the things that sucks. Like, oh, it's like I'm thankfully I get to have this podcast, but it's like, are you know, I'm even tired. Of seeing stories about me, average white dudes, you know, but now I have a mustache. So, you know, a little above average, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? Everybody should be able to see themselves represented in media. This is it. And it's really important because kids remember that. Like, I remember that. I, it means so much to me. Everything that I watched and listened to, and it made me dream big, maybe too big sometimes. Uh, but that was really important. And that's what was so cool about streaming services, because all of a sudden they wanted so much content and they were willing to like get weird ideas and ideas that are, you know, never would have seen the light of day on network TV or even cable and give them a huge budget to make this amazing show and Netflix. You just thought it would never end. I thought I was like, I, I, I talked about this many times on the show of like, please stop. There is too much good TV on TV. Please stop. And so the first sign of this is something that we covered on the show a couple of months ago was when Netflix started laying off uh, staff, you know, first started with 300 people, then another 300 people. And, you know, a lot of the first people to get let go were in these kind of uh, shows, writers for like minority led shows and and stuff like this was just heartbreaking. And even like me as the consumer, I was like, am I going to still get weird doc? Am I still going to get Woodstock 99? Am I still, please tell me there's going to be a documentary about Coachella. Please come on. You know, like you start thinking of like, wait a second. And I even think Netflix has gone downhill in some capacity in terms of their documentaries and stuff. Even though I did like, I actually did like Woodstock 99. I didn't like the most hated man on the internet, but at least you have those options and options can be really exciting as well as time consuming. So everything was looking great until people started getting laid off because they weren't meeting the industry projections because people started going outside again. You know, Stranger Things, there's only one season every two years. And they lost a lot of subscribers and they knew they were going to continue to lose subscribers. And they were like, shit, we have put a lot of shows out there and we've spent billions of dollars And oh no, you know, Rome is falling. So that happened, right? Now there was this kind of like mumbling. uh, I remember hearing this maybe a year or so ago, year and a half, uh, was that Discovery Plus. Now, remember, uh, HBO Max was the combination of HBO and Cinemax, and they created the streaming service that had like TBS and all of these things under its wing. So their catalog was just insane. You could watch every episode of Friends. You could watch every Harry Potter. They were making uh, HBO original programming. So you had all your Game of Thrones, your Sopranos, your Last Week Tonight, your Successions, all of that stuff. But you also had Adult Swim on there. You had Turner Classic Movies. It was just a content lover's wet dream, HBO Max. I mean, just amazing. Like, I truly love HBO Max. It's my favorite now. It has been my favorite just because it's like, wow, whoever's curating this, it's just this cool blend. I can watch, like, DC comic book stuff. You know, I'm a huge Batman fan. I can mix that with, like, A24 films. And they're making all of these cool things that I want to be in. And then uh, what happened is this guy, David Zaslav, you guys. Um, and this is like kind of, sh- I mean, it wasn't shocking to some because there would be rumors that David is the president and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, Warner Brothers Discovery, that they own HBO Max. That's why HBO Max... There was a 45-day window for every movie that Warner Brothers released during the pandemic. You would either get it on day and date, the day it came out in the movie theaters, like Matrix Resurrections, all of that stuff. It would go directly to HBO Max, or it would be there within 45 days, which was supposed to happen with the Elvis movie, the Baz Luhrmann movie with Austin Butler, which is no longer happening because that deal is off. So president and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, so what happened in the last couple of weeks, and and especially last week, you started hearing these rumblings. There was a $90 million film called Batgirl, and it was made purposely for HBO Max. It was never going to be released in movie theaters. You're like, $90 million is a lot of money. They They didn't plan on spending $90 million. But then I guess through COVID and all this stuff, like Budget's Balloon. Now, not only Batgirl, and that's Commissioner Gordon's daughter, Barbara Gordon, but you had Michael Keaton returning as Batman, which we'll get to another uh movie that Michael Keaton is returning as Batman in. So you had Michael Keaton in this movie as the Batman. You had Brendan Fraser as the villain. You know, you had uh who is it? Uh J.K. Simmons? Uh, as Commissioner Gordon. I mean, it was a really good cast, and you had these two uh, up-and-coming directors. They were supposedly really cool. And um, there was the announcement made uh, by David Zaslav last week that this movie was not going to ever see the light of day. And reportedly, what had happened is that they would have had to put in like $50 million more to make this movie good enough To release in theaters, even though that wasn't the initial plan, but they did not think this represented the DC because there's DC and Marvel, the two comic book companies, right? And Marvel has hit every projection out of the park in terms of their movie. They built it up so brilliantly. I mean, when I was a kid, DC was number one. It was Superman, Batman, Flash, you know, Aquaman, all this shit. Marvel has stomped DC in every category, even though I think they make some amazing Batman films. So David Zaslav says, no, we're not going to release this at all. We're just going to chalk this up to a loss. This will never see the light of day, even though it has been completely finished filming. I mean, you have Michael Keaton, for the love of God, which I guess he only had like four or five scenes. But my God, you know what that means to a kid like me? That was my Batman as a kid, Michael Keaton. Come on. And you're just going to scrap this? All of those people, Leslie, the main actor, I mean, all of these people. And it's just not going to it's never going to see the light of day. So they make that announcement and everyone's like, oh, shit. And then they start quietly removing certain films from HBO Max. And then they announce that they are not going to continue the Warner Brothers deal, even though they're all part of the same company, where they will uh, give uh, movies like Elvis to HBO Max. And so what they're going to do, you guys, and you guys probably already know this, but for those who don't, is Discovery Plus was another streaming service, the home of the 90 Day Fiancé Universe. So many reality show universes over Discovery, and I'm not bad mouthing that I was just glowingly talking about uh, 90 Day Fiance UK on yesterday's episode, which I really dug. So what's going to happen in early 2023, they will be merging into one entity, and Discovery Plus will be taking the lead. And we still are trying to figure out what that means for HBO Max, but it is going to be wildly different. And HBO is going to still be a part of it, but their original series, most of them will be cut except for things like Succession, Last Week Tonight, you know, the the, the things that are just, you know, Barry probably would survive. But, you know, but a lot of shows... A lot of people lost their jobs last week. They cut 70%, you guys, 70% of development staff. Think about that. They kept 30%, cut 70% of scripted television. Now, what's good for this show and what we love and what we usually talk about here is reality TV. Because this deal is, it favors reality television. It's all about reality television, David Zaslav knows that it is so cheap; it is so much easier and cheaper to produce reality shows than it is a ninety million dollar Batgirl film that didn't test well with audiences. And so that, you know, but the thought of Succession right next to Ninety Day Fiance, something feels weird. Something feels weird, and it's like weirdly breaks my heart in this way. And we'll we'll see what happens to it, but it it it's not great for people that love content, because we love reality shows with all our heart, right guys? But we also have an appreciation for the written word. We have an appreciation for universes that are created that we can imagine ourselves in or, or just take us away from all of our problems, like reality shows do. But we always have to encourage imagination. We always have to do that. And like, listen, I am, I love the 90 day fiance universe. Sure. But I don't want to die that consists only of the 90-day universe. I don't want Chip and Joanna from the Magnolia Network doing DIY. It's not my thing. I'm not a DIY guy. I can barely clean my room half the time. Which, by the way, I was telling you guys on Monday, the agency, Mauricio's company, is selling the house that I'm living in. I don't own the house at all. So they're showing it, and I have to be out of the house again for like four hours tomorrow for another open house. And remember, I was telling you guys how I have like the huge Tom Girardi and, and brothers oil painting in my room. And then I have Lisa Renna back here. I have like, oh, I've just, it's, it's like an, a weird, it's like a, a weird homeland type bulletin board with like Bravo shit and like string attached. I just, it's a scary sight, you guys. But I was thinking like they're coming in tomorrow. Should I make it even worse? Should I put out, like, what should, what can I put out? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, what is the craziest Bravo memorabilia I have? Should I print out pictures of Mauricio and Kyle all night and make a collage? So when they come in, oh, oh, it's, it's our boss Mauricio. He's all over there. And I'll be like, is Mauricio smoking weed? Um, yeah, so that is what happened. David zazloff you get a big old giant F you from So Bad It's Good. Now, this guy, uh, from everything I've read, he's a businessman, right? He's made some really awful decisions in his time as a businessman. And we'll see how this one pays off. I always just think, and I guess I'm living in a dream world, is that I don't care about money. I want money. It would be nice to have it. And maybe since I don't have a lot of it. It's easy for me to like want pretty things to look at, you know, cuz I can't afford pretty things, you know, but I hate I hate that content suffers ever. Don't you hate that? Like I hate that content suffers. I mean, think about it even in terms of Bravo. You wanted another season of Southern Charm New Orleans, right? You wanted this. And and speaking of streaming, streaming makes dreams come true. Peacock made another season of Real Housewives of Miami happen. Peacock, the streaming service for NBC, made Ultimate Girls Trip happen. And Peacock, may I remind you, is the least subscribed to streaming service of all of them. So with this, we have to really watch and support things like Peacock. Because I think they do good with their Bravo stuff, but do they do good enough for Peacock to survive? Because remember, Peacock isn't Bravo alone. It houses NBC. It houses all of these movies, all of this stuff. So that's why I always say, whether it's a podcast, a streaming service, go support with all your heart. If you love something, make sure you love it till... You know, make sure people know you love it. Shout it out loud like it's an actual person that you're in love with, which is fine. You can love streaming services. It's totally I, I you know what? I would marry a streaming service if I could. I would. OK, then now this leads us to the story that actually broke today. One of these movies that is a Warner Brothers movie that is a DC Comics movie that is still yet to be released for another year is a movie called The Flash with Ezra Miller. You know, Ezra. They, uh, have come up on this podcast a lot because Ezra, um, has been arrested so many times over the last six months. I mean, it feels like it's been years. Uh, they haunted Hawaii. They were getting arrested in Hawaii all the time. And then they, uh, they, they came over here. What is it? Idaho, where he's at now? Um, and, and it's just, and you're, the Flash this movie has Michael Keaton as Batman it has a multiverse aspect so you're going to see Ben Affleck as Batman, Michael Keaton as Batman. It's huge and they filmed it already. They film it's been done for like close to a year if not more than a year. Uh it's it's and so you know with these studios you got to protect your investment and when they did the Flash, they did the Flash knowing that they were going to take the Flash character and put it in all of these other DC films. And so Ezra was going to have to do Justice League films, more Flash movies. So when they signed him, this is like signing an athlete to like eight seasons, right? Or it's signing a businessman to like a five-year deal with the company you know, that they they went with. So it has been maybe three weeks since the last Ezra Miller incident. So they're in Vermont right now, and uh, TMZ broke the story, Ezra Miller accused of burglary today, allegedly stole booze from Vermont home. Ezra Miller has been accused of burglarizing a home in Vermont, and police say the whole thing had to do with some stolen bottles of alcohol. According to the Vermont State Police, someone lodged a burglary complaint regarding a home in Stamford at the beginning of May. Cops investigated and say several bottles of alcohol were reported missing from the place while the homeowners were out. After reviewing surveillance videos and statements, Ezra was charged with felony burglary into an unoccupied dwelling. So it means he broke in and stole these things and they have it on tape. Imagine getting like, I mean, Ezra Miller's greatest role yet, him stealing booze in Vermont. Ezra was finally found on Sunday night because he's been missing and ordered to appear at Vermont Superior Court, uh, Bennington's criminal division for their arraignment towards the end of September. As you know, Ezra has been in a ton of legal trouble in the past year. Body cam footage from an incident in March on the Big Island in Hawaii appeared to show Ezra getting aggressive with cops and getting cuffed. So, if, you know, let me say, everybody listening, you're all of a sudden the president of Warner Brothers. What do you do? You just canceled a 90 million Batgirl movie that was led by a girl. The girl, I think, what's her actress's name? Leslie something. She's really talented. But Ezra, they have had five arrests in the last year. So many weird incidents fans saying that this guy threatened to strangle me this you know they threatened to strangle me all of these just really i mean they need help obviously and i'm so curious what warner brothers is doing to step in they've already announced they will now not continue with ezra as the character of the flash and i'll bet they'll just do some kind of multiverse thing with it but it's like Will they be able to release this movie, this movie that will cost two hundred million plus they'll put another seventy five in to advertise it? You're talking about a two hundred and seventy five million dollar investment and you 've hung it on the hat of Ezra Miller, and they have been arrested so many times and seem like they are in a very troubled state. I mean there are minors saying that they you know have asked them to live with them and he'll take care of them and and all of this just wild stuff. It's really scary. Um, So my prediction is we will never see the Flash movie either, or they're going to have to reshoot it. But it's already done. And Ezra, listen, I hope you get the help that you need. But um, if you stop me from seeing Michael Keaton as Batman, I'm going to go nuclear. I will. That's that's I'm just like, I'll go nuclear. I mean, please. I want help. I don't I don't harm anybody. I want to see this movie. But isn't it interesting how streaming services, it it does get right into that reality show lane, it's pop culture, it's everything. This is like really nerdy shit, but I eat this stuff up like this to me is i'm i'm listening to this book right now called Tinderbox, which is the history of hbo by uh, this author uh james andrew miller who's done so many great because it's all first person accounts uh he also did the book on the uh history of saturday night live that i loved and it is just so fascinating because hbo started off as this very very tiny cable company to what they are today and just the backward the, the, like the the backroom room meetings uh, to make HBO what it was, was just so exciting. And we're in a middle, we're in the middle of that right now. So pay attention because we're the consumer and we are going to end up getting screwed by these deals because people are not subscribing fast enough because we're not in a pandemic anymore, or we still are, but you know, I mean, we're hoping monkeypox takes off. Um, so, Ezra Miller, we'll keep you posted on that. I just thought it was fascinating and... I could talk about streaming the service. I'd fully geek out on that stuff. But I think you guys probably do, too. Um, This was actually an interesting news story that just popped out today, too. Ashton Kutcher, you guys know Ashton, uh, married to Mila Kunis, but also just what a career. I mean, let alone that 70s show and things like that. But he was with Demi Moore. He was with, I mean, like so many just cool pop culture moments from this dude. And he revealed today that he had battled a debilitating disease called vasculitis. And he said two years ago, an exclusive video clip uh, released to Access Hollywood from an upcoming episode of Bear Gryllis' The Challenge on National Geographic's Running Wild with Bear Gryllis. He said, two years ago, I had this weird, super rare form of vasculitis. It knocked out my vision, knocked out my hearing, knocked out like all my equilibrium. It took me a year to build it all back up uh Kutcher told adventurer Bear Gryllis. But, by the way, have you ever seen that show, Bear Gryllis? It just, like, that's a, he's like my trainer. He would just make me cry. Like I just wouldn't be able to do anything out in the woods. Ashton says, you don't really appreciate it until it's gone. Until you go, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to see again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hear again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk again, Kutcher said. I'm lucky to be alive. And uh, it just seems the symptoms are... It occurs when the body's immune system attacks veins, arteries, and small capillaries. The resulting inflammation narrows those blood vessels and restricts the flow of blood or even cuts blood flow off entirely, causing organ organ damage, aneurysms. Um, If an aneurysm bursts, it can lead to internal bleeding, which can lead to death, uh, depending on the specific type and severity. Uh, And uh, anyway, so this led to that and he was able to build himself up, but also amazing because we had no clue about this. We did not know like Mila did not say anything Ashton it was never said anything. So really, I mean, you know, Gladys and by the way, you guys know they're doing that 90s show. So that, I believe, actually is going to Netflix, I could be wrong, or maybe HBO Max, but it has all the original cast. I mean, I mean it doesn't have Danny Masterson because he is up on charges uh, in regards to doing horrible things to women, and uh, Scientology, of course, is involved on that one as well. Isn't it quite like the, the web of pop culture is just, it's so wide, you guys. Um. Listen, there is so much more to talk about. Uh, I did want to uh, give you an update on Anne Heche. Anne Heche, uh, we said yesterday, it said that she was in stable condition, but now her representatives has, have released that she is in a coma and she is in uh, very uh, serious condition, and it looks like there's potential that she might not make it. The actor Anne Heche, who uh, either drunkenly or on drugs or both, went speeding through Mar Vista, hit a bunch of things, two hit and runs, and then hit into a car, into a house over 90 miles per hour, uh, set flames—I so mean, the house— pretty much got destroyed. I was reading about this poor lady that lived there. All of her possessions, except for like a handful of things, got destroyed. Thankfully, there was a GoFundMe set up, and it raised like 50000 in a day. But it, I don't think 50000 replaces a house or any of your stuff. It was like a tiny little house. And But Anne Heche was in this smoke-filled car for 30 minutes, and firefighters had to get her out and stuff. So it is very serious for Anne Heche. I wanted to correct that. Um, I still want to do the all the Britney Spears stuff. Maybe we'll do that on Wednesday's show if I do a Wednesday show. Uh, And I do want to talk a little bit more about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard unsealed things because I reported incorrect information. I had read something that the documents were paid to be unsealed by his fans. And that is not true. Uh, supposedly I need to look into it more, but I was just told in a comment on the old tube of use that that wasn't true. So I wanted to to say that is truth does matter. Um, regardless what are in those papers were still true. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I don't want to, um, I don't want to give credit for unsealing those documents to his fans if that is not the case. Um, so that is it you guys, in terms of the pop culture segment, we're only an hour in, you know, but now. We're going to take a break. We're going to do a commercial break and we're going to come back for a little baba doo, baba dee. Southern Charm, you guys. What a mess of a show this season. It's highly watchable, but in this weird way, like. It's like a dreamlike state. Like, I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me half the time. The tone is so all over the place and disjointed. And then there's like fun scenes, but then it will hit with a scene where be like, what the hell? Craig looked like he was sleeping through half of his scene. like. Ugh, uh, uh, uh. And I think that was him happy. So we're going to talk. We're going to do the whole recap for that and have a lot of fun. Uh, But here are our sponsors. Please make sure you check them out. It really does help the show, you guys. And uh, I'll see you after these commercials. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Okay, folks, now is the... uh Favorite part of the show for me, and that is talking about our sponsors. We have two returning sponsors this week, and I am so excited to re-familiarize you guys with them. Now, remember, if you go check out these products, it really does help out the show. So make sure you listen. There's also uh, a description in the description notes for the podcast that can tell you how to support these products while supporting the podcast. Our first one is our friends over at Babbel. Now, Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L, is just... The perfect app to help you speak a different language. Now, if you heard this a month or so ago when I did this, I started to learn to speak Spanish. Now, uh, I want to let you know that the last time I had studied Spanish was in ninth grade at Horizon High School in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, my name was Esteban. So I was Yo Soy Esteban. And uh, I didn't really go further than that. And I always regretted it until now because I have this dream of being able to go somewhere and speak their native language. So why not start with Spanish for me? But for you guys, you can speak anything. So for all of your summer travels, whether you're going abroad or staying domestic and you want to immerse yourself in the culture, now is the perfect time to start Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. My God, that's a lot. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. You guys, this app is so cool because you get to tell it how much you want to study in a day or immerse yourself in a day. If you say, I only want to do 20 minutes a day, they formulate those lessons plans around there. They can make it, it like bite size if you want. And you can listen to them anywhere. You can go on walks with Babel. You can, I, I go on hikes with Babel. Uh, if you ever hear a man panting and sweating and going, yo soy Esteban, it's me and Babel. You can do it on your car, anywhere. With Babel. you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So, you can start having real life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI, artificial intelligence, for their lesson plans, but Babel lessons were created by over 150 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Now, with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, C, French, Italian, and German. Those those are biggies. Those are the big ones. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with, and this is huge, you guys, a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. So right now, you guys, this is important. Save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash sobad. That's B-A-B-B-E-L. Dot com slash so bad for up to 60% off your subscription. Babble, it's language for life, man. No, but for real, like that is so cool because not only is it cool for adults to do that, but think about doing it with your kids. It is one of the things, uh, like that and playing the piano are two things that I wish I kept studying. You know, like I would be such a badass if I could speak fluent Spanish and play piano. Like Elton John or Billy Joel? My God, we wouldn't even be talking today if that was the case. So don't let that happen to you or your kids. You want to be able to, you know, be Billy Joel one day. So get Babbel. Now our second one is our friends. Uh, They've been with us so many times. It's our friends over at Dame. Uh, now, this is a sex-positive podcast. I truly believe in being able to pleasure yourself in safe and effective ways. And and we have a primarily female audience. And this is the best uh, one of, if not the best, uh, companies that sell uh, products like this. So uh, they sent me two products a long time ago to try. And uh, the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Eva. It is a couple's product. Uh, they also have products just that you can use solo, but this is a couple's one. So uh, they always say, and, and I, I, I agree with this, let's be honest, sex is better when everyone is enjoying themselves. I mean, really, that is ultimately the goal. That's why Dame Products designed Eva, the first hands-free vibrator for couples. You can boost pleasure and connection for all with a little toy that won't get in the way. Sharing pleasure during intimacy not only feels good in your body, but it can increase your emotional connection and decrease your stress levels so you can take those good feelings with you throughout your day. But in order to get there, even the most sexually motivated couples can benefit from a strategically placed buzz, InterDame Products dame products designed its hands-free toy eva specifically for couples it nestles close to the body and stays put with just a finger so you and your partner can focus on intimacy it's designed to enhance not distract from pleasure eva is your sex life's new best friend so what are you waiting for try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure you can share plus sex you will look forward to now Guys, I know we all kind of smile and it's all like goofy and lol, and especially me, I'm like a teenage boy sometimes, but this is stuff that is safe. It's easy to use, and not even if you're not in a couple, like they the next one is a, a product called Air, which we won't get into, but you can use that by yourself. And I know this is making you blush and some people don't, but all I ask is you go to their website go to dameproducts.com. That's D A M E products.com. And you can use code so bad today for 15% off sitewide. Go check out the website is very easy to use. It's friendly. There's nothing weird about it. There is nothing weird about this. Honestly, this is designed by women run by women. This is an awesome company that we need to support. Um, uh, so, uh, also they sent me this amazing sex oil. It's an all, it's all natural. You can use it for a full body massage oil. It's formulated with arousing ingredients. I read the ingredients on the pod the first time they sent this to me and they were, uh, it was nice ingredients. I have not been able to use the sex oil yet. Uh, but I, I look forward to the day when, when I can, but, uh, you guys, 15% off. Come on. I know. Come on. DameProducts.com. use code so bad. 15% off. Okay. credit card. Bapa do, bapa d d t, folks. Welcome to your Southern Charm recap. Remember, folks, uh, you can use the timestamps, even though I love talking about all that pop culture jazz and streaming services and whatnot. But if you're here just for the recap, well, I mean, then you must be related to me because you're trying to be nice. Hey, Southern Charm. What a what a magical season, folks. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it feel like we're like 30 episodes in already, and I think we're only nine episodes, nine episodes in? Also, I just took a small break, and I looked at my phone, which is just always a bad thing to do. And I uh, quickly looked, and it said uh, Just Jared had posted, Chloe Kardashian uh, spotted out at Nobu. And she was all dressed up and all that. Didn't Chloe just welcome a child on Friday? Like, I don't want a mom shame or anything like that. Like, please say you didn't leave the baby with Tristan. My God. But you're like she was like all gussied up and stuff. Like, is that normal, like two days after you have a child to be out at Nobu? Like, is that like I don't know. I've never had a child. And I know, you know, she had a big surrogate, but like, isn't isn't it maybe I'm wrong about babies completely. Like, do you do you need to be around them? Like, are you Can you leave them just alone and go out and stuff? Like, is that because that—that's the case? I mean, maybe I've got to rethink my whole baby thing. Actually, I've never really—I'm not against babies at all. Actually, I I, would—I—it just didn't—it just hasn't happened for me yet, you know. But I don't have a firm stance. Anyways, we're getting off track. Also, I had seen—I want to do a story this week on that. uh, What's it? Tana Mongeau. And Addison Ray's dad are beefing Addison Ray's dad is like in his late 40s and uh, we did a story on him a couple of weeks ago about hitting on very young girls at nightclubs and he was in a relationship with a 26 year old girl but the problem was he was still married at the time but told the other girl that he was getting a divorce all lies of course but now he's threatened this dude young gravy which also what an you know if you <laughs> if your name's young gravy, I mean, pray to God you are young, because that's the only excuse for having a name like Young Gravy. It's like it's like Machine Gun Kelly, you know? Because you're like, oh, Mister Kelly, no, please call me Machine Gun. Like, what are you like, Mister Gravy? No, call me Young. <laughs> Anyways, Addison Ray's dad, Monty, has threatened wants to wants to get in the boxing ring with Young Gravy because Young Gravy wants to take Monty's ex wife out on a date, and then Tana Tana Mongau, the YouTube. Superstar um got involved because left a comment on one of Monty's TikTok posts challenging young Gravy to a fight. Granted, this is to Addison Ray's dad. Like, you know, you think your parents are embarrassing? You know, like you have Addison Ray's dad out there active on TikTok, trying to hit on Addison Ray's fan base and then taking off his shirt and TikToks to show his muscles to threaten to fight a guy named Young Gravy. I, think, I don't think I'll ever get over the name Young Gravy. By the way, should I call myself that? Like Ryan Gravy? Is that like a whole family of gravies? I need to look. I don't really know that this is where my pop culture knowledge. I do need to familiarize myself with Young Gravy. He seems like he's popular with the kids. Anyways, what uh, is so, so popular with the kids is Southern Charm. Now, let me, uh, let me get to my old notes here. It is... Wild to take notes on Southern charm, uh, every week. Oh, oh no. Oh God. This is, this is season eight episode seven. We're only seven episodes in. I thought we were like, Oh my God. This is called clean slates and secret dates. Ooh. So clean slates. If I'm, you know, this, we always try to guess based on the title, clean slates. When I read that, I was like, okay, somebody starting from scratch. So it means somebody that was fighting probably is starting from scratch. Maybe, maybe Catherine and Naomi, or maybe Vanita and uh, Olivia, because they were, so maybe that's a clean slate. It turns out I was right about that. And then secret dates, who has a secret date, secret dates, Maybe Austin and his right hand. Hey-oh, the guy loves to jerk it. No. Uh, Secret dates. I think that what, what that means is Craig met for chai latte with Naomi, even though he wasn't supposed to because Paige told him not to. But that was nothing. He was all like jittery and scared and all. You know, like, I don't know. It's hard. You guys, Are you guys like me once you watch these shows so much, you start thinking, you get paranoid that every scene is fake? Because you're like remember, they schedule camera crews to work, and these people don't just stay with these guys 24-7. They have days on uh, which they film. So, like, Vanderpump Rules cast knows that, like, you know, say, Sheena knows she's going to be in a scene with Lisa on next Wednesday, right? And so they schedule that. They schedule camera people, all of that stuff. And then what happens, I think they have, like, a clue about what they might talk about, but they don't know. They don't have a script or anything like that. So the reality of this is I always question how real it is, because if you go that far, why not go farther and go, Hey, say this, this would be good. So I wonder where those slip ups happen, where it is less than real. And sometimes in certain scenes on this season of Southern Charm, I feel like it's not real. And I hate that. Uh, also, we are eight seasons into this show, so remember, people like—especially uh, keep your eye on people like Craig, because Craig, I think, self-produces. He's not super good at it because he's not a very dynamic personality on screen, even though he's very charming, but that's different than dynamic. Like I said, he kind of snoozed his way through this episode. I mean, exciting things kind of were happening, but he had it such like a minimal pulse of like, What's going on? I'm just putting together my mood boards which that was actually amazing of him working on his pillow mood boards. And I was like that's what he gets to do all day is work on pillow mood boards? Fuck, it, I'll make a pillow mood board so bad it's good pillows coming this fall, you guys. Now this is the description that Bravo gave the TV company, the you know, the cable company puts it up. After being excluded from Olivia's oyster roast, remember Venita was excluded last week? Venita looks within. <laughs> Vanita goes on a spiritual journey, goes to Tibet and learns to meditate. No, Vanita looks within and spends time with her mom in hopes of gaining insight to her family's secret past. Holy shit, this description makes it seem like Vanita's family is potentially like superheroes. Like, mom, where were you and dad at night? Were you flying around the city fighting crime? Like, how intense of a. I'm like, this is Southern charm, folks. How, what? This looks intense as hell. Like and also, can you imagine like if an oyster roast of somebody she's met three times sent her on a, a spiritual journey that she's looking within? Isn't that just amazing? You're like Olivia, not inviting her to an oyster roast made her look within. Must not be hard. Craig may have a new secret of his own when he goes against Paige. He maybe he's like switching to a new nail polish. Who knows? Um, and uh, uh, when he when he meets Paige against. Uh, when he, no, when he meets up with Naomi against page pages wishes and we see clips now, like we usually do remember Bravo is always like, Oh, we, we know you guys do not remember anything. So we're going to show you every clip. And I do have to tell you, it is becoming so apparent. I said this on the Beverly Hills recap, but I'm going to say it again because Southern charm even abused it more than Beverly Hills. I believe I have come to a decision for Bravo and I will let them know maybe a Bravo you know I'm who knows Andy if you're listening I would love to take a meeting about certain things revolving around your shows here's my thought we need to ban cellular telephones from these shows I don't want calls I don't want FaceTimes. Maybe, maybe if there is something, if, you know, it's, if maybe if you have it, it's about Tom kind of a moment or, you know, Bethany showing a picture of Tom making out with a girl at the, the Regency, maybe then maybe you can use a phone. But other than that, I don't want to see phones on these shows anymore. There's a reason we have moving cameras to, to 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 capture moving action with real people and not on our phones. I know. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Shap, what's going on? It's me, Craig. What's going on? No, meet up someplace. Let me see both of your pretty faces. It's becoming out of control, just like the flashbacks. You guys, you're showing flashbacks on flashbacks, flashbacks that we just saw ten minutes ago of the actual scene. How dumb? Who are you making this for? I mean, did we? I, I almost feel like, am I too smart for this show? Like, am I? Wait, should I? Should I forget what I just saw ten minutes ago because we're being forced to watch a flashback already? Come on feel like Scott, come on, it's me, Scott, this is, come on. Um, so we see that scene from last week or a couple weeks ago of like Craig's like, what if Naomi and I went to lunch? And Paige is like, no. It's like no hanging out like with an ex. It's inappropriate. And then we, of course, get that song. Don't you know? Don't you know? And then Naomi is really kind of starting to loosen up a little bit with the voiceover. She's like, as Paige and Craig let on the rules for their romantic future, Benito is starting to come to grips with her awkward presence. And we have that scene where Olivia called Vanita and said, Hey, my family's throwing an oyster party and I just feel it would be fake of me to invite you. And she's like, Oh, okay. So you're calling to not invite me. And, So then uh, the voiceover goes, so the rest of us gathered at Olivia's Oyster Roast, where Austin took issue of Naomi. Uh, it, he took issue of Olivia's friendship with Madison. Whoa, 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 whoa. I love when they put the little song lyrics in the middle of the, the preview from the oh don't you know don't he's a bad old guy he's got a drug problem he drinks too much craig paints his nails also we need a missing person alert on john pringle where did john pringle go like come on john i'm rooting for you man get back in there just show up places where you know a camera's gonna be like come on dude I mean, if they're showing level like here and there, you got to get a little Pringle in there. It's wild. Um, So uh, and then Naomi's voiceover goes, and I found myself caught between my old acquaintance and my new nemesis. And this is when I wrote, this is so dumb. Really? Because it's like they're writing the narration for her. And her old acquaintance was Cleb Chubbs Caleb. His name is spelled C-H-L-E-B. You pronounce it Caleb, my dy- dyslexia makes me want to call him Chubbs, so his name is Chubbs. And that's it. I'm John Jansen! Sorry, I did that for the John Jansen fans from Orange County, I haven't screamed. His- I'm John Jansen, damn it! Shannon Vador, I want to do things to you and your naked body, I'm John Jansen, damn it! Ponta Minta, that's where you go. Um. So... I love when people, like, she's like, old acquaintance and my new nemesis. Like, I think maybe, like, what, 20%? Like, do you go around? I know a couple people that I find funny call people their nemesis, But, like, normal human behavior, do we have nemesi or nemesises or nemesis? You know what I'm saying? Do we go around calling people our nemesis? Like, and that, that we actually have problems with. Like, I mean, maybe more than I, I'm aware. I just, I guess I don't have a nemesis right now. Um And then uh, we see that scene where Caleb was talking to to Naomi and then Caleb went to Catherine and said, Noom is talking shit about you. Even though she was just like, Caleb Chubbs was talking shit about Catherine and she, he was like, yeah, sometimes she'll come and she'll be so negative that I'll fucking tune her out halfway through and I'll put on ESPN, bro. And I'll just watch ESPN. And, and uh, Naomi's like, why are you even with her? And then Chubbs turns to Catherine and goes, Naomi's really bad-mouthing you, man. Like, it's not cool. <laughs> and uh, then, <laughs> then Naomi goes, and as we all know, no good deed goes unpunished. And Naomi tells Leva at the end of last week's episode, Chubbs doesn't like Catherine. And Leva's like, Zoikes? So we open up the uh episode with upbeat music. Boop, do, 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 boop, do, and we see shots of Charleston, very beautiful. Vanita our influencer is making her bed at her house and she goes not the best but it'll do by the way the bed looks perfect like not the best like come to my house girl like you want to see not the best you're gonna fucking freak out man like not the best like i looked at it, i was like that's immaculately made and then she's like not the best as she's like dumping quarters on it and it's like bouncing off the bed because it's so good so well made Uh, This is that thing where we go back and forth between characters really quick. We cut to Naomi, who is uh, making her bed as well, you guys. This is a bed-making opening. And Naomi goes, suddenly, I don't know how to make my bed. And then we cut to Shep, and Shep is with his ex, Taylor. And Shep is putting a pillowcase on a pillow. And uh, this is where I kind of am, like a typical guy, because I know the pillowcases go on the pillow and all that stuff, but like come on, man, the pillow still works without the pillowcase. I know that's disgusting. I know everything, what you're saying. But, like, you know, it it technically works without the pillowcase. Um, So uh, Shep's like, oh, I put the pillow in the pillowcase. And then he goes, I need to take a nap. I accomplished something. And Taylor's like, ha, 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 Shep, ha, ha. And then we go uh, to Kelsey, Shep's cousin. Kelsey, remember, is pregnant. And they've been trying to jam her in as a cast member. But it's so weird because Kelsey does most of her scenes by herself and we barely know her. So it's like when you go to a friend's house, like a friend of a friend and you don't, you, you're one friend, your best friend's there and they're like, Oh, this is my friend. You should, you guys should hang out. And then your best friend leaves and you're there with this person that you don't know that is friends with your best friend, but you don't know him at all. So you're just like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? You're trying to be nice. Like, that's how I feel with scenes with Kelsey. Like, why are we watching her alone? Like we can't, let's not, You know, Shep, be with her in scenes. Like, come on, man. It's not time yet for her to have solo scenes. You wouldn't put a rookie basketball player out there on game four of the final. Not that this season is game four of any finals, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like sometimes I feel uncomfortable because I don't trust Kelsey yet. I don't know Kelsey, and Kelsey seems nice, but... Why are we making her do scenes by herself? So she's in the nursery and she's like, I can't believe I have a little boo-boo coming. I can't believe she's going to be screaming and crying. Then we cut over to Leva's house and Leva's little cute son is sucking his finger. And Leva's like, when did you become a little baby? And uh, the son's like, when I I wanted your attention again, mom. And it's crazy because he's like two years old he speaks perfect no he just sucks on his finger and he's like he -he -he." and then we go to austin and austin gets dropped off at a nail place and i was like oh he's meeting craig because you know craig likes to do his nails but he's actually meeting Catherine. uh austin's in his little baseball cap and his little tie-dye shirt he's just little flip floppies and some jeans he's like i'm ready to do a scene with Catherine, and Catherine goes are you excited for a pedicure Austin and Austin's like I really am excited you know we're having a little girls day and they serve drinks at this this uh, place and Uh, Austin's like, Oh, what are you going to, are you going to have the champagne? Okay. Yeah. Let's get champagne. And then Austin immediately starts doing his Austin thing where he's flirting with anybody with two boobs and nipples. He's just like, the girls need to gab today. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Like he tells the, the working girl, not the working girl, the girl that works there. Not the, not that lady of the night. You know what I'm saying? The girl, he goes, the girls need to gab today. And you can see how he suddenly tries to like joke, flirt his whole way through life. Like I'm on to Austin, man. We're all on to you, dude, you got to get new tricks, man. And they're in these massage chairs and he turns it on. He's like, Ooh, it's in my butt. Ooh. Ooh. And, uh, was it on your butt? The first two, Catherine? And she's like, yeah, but I don't hate it. Catherine says in a talking head, uh, Austin lets us know. He's always had a soft spot for Catherine. Uh, he goes, me, I, he goes, look, I did win drama King in high school. <laughs> and Catherine is certainly dramatic as well. Do you know what I won in high school? Nothing. I didn't graduate. No, I, um, I got most charismatic, which is hysterical. So there's a yearbook of me, I think, leaning up against a tree like this, like, like it was most dramatic. No, not most dramatic. It was most, most charismatic. And this was a weird one. It was most likely to be in a Quentin Tarantino film, which is weird for a high school for like, put you in an R rated film. Isn't that weird? I, I thought it was cool though, and I'm still waiting to be in a Tarantino film. Anyways, so they're picking out colors, and and Austin's like, "I'm not gonna pick out a color. I'm not Craig." Uh, we cut to then Craig, and Craig's in this kind of kind of hip, like streetwear thing with a bunch of cool art over it. It's like what I think the updated version of the Cosby sweater would be. You know, you 80s kids know what I'm talking about. The Cosby. I'd like to talk to you. I'm Bill Cosby. And he would have this sweater with all of these different, like, weird, random patterns and stuff. Just always bright and vivid uh, to kind of distract from how evil that man was inside. <laughs> Sorry um we uh craig is making mood mood boards he's in a, like a fancy office he's using apple products i love that i think anything's fancy when somebody's using apple products i'm like ooh, fancy office nice and craig's muttering to himself you guys he's like he's cutting like he's cutting this paper thing with like a little exacto knife or something like he couldn't use scissors he's like oh and he goes work smarter not harder work smarter not harder and I'm like, that's what I got to do. Uh, but Craig just keeps repeating that mantra to himself. And Naomi calls him and he, he goes, what does she want? Well, I guess we're going to find out, Craig. Craig, you don't need to narrate your own scene. Come on, anybody in production going to tell Craig he doesn't have to narrate his own? What is, hey, what is she, what does Naomi want? I would hold it up to the, what does Naomi want? But this is what I'm talking about. The fucking phones are ruining these shows. And she's like, Oh, what are you doing? And he's like, just working on these mood boards for my spring collection. And she goes, that's fun. And she goes, anywho, I need to pick your brain. I had a strange reaction from Chubbs about Catherine. Can we grab a coffee or something like that? And Craig's like, uh, uh, he immediately starts sweating and like shaking. He's like, uh, uh, uh what? Uh, wh- why did you think to call me? And Nana was like, because it's about Catherine, dummy. You're probably the best person to advise me on this. You're friends with Catherine. And Craig's like, oh, I mean, um, oh, um, uh, oh, no, Craig, keep it together. Make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. We get a flashback to him and Paige. This is a flashback that we saw at the beginning of the show in the flashbacks of the season we see it again of Paige saying you know i don't want you hanging out with her and uh craig goes is it bad enough that we have to meet and talk about it and she's like well i mean it's weird it's like if you think it's serious enough i guess i'll meet you and naomi's like well i don't want to bother you it's not bothering me Anyways, I want to be in that area because I have to get some kegs for the store, which is the weirdest line ever because how are you going to say I have to... If you say I have to get some kegs for the store, I think you work at a frat party supply store or maybe a bar. And, you know, he works at a pillow store that has kegs. And you're like, Ryan, that's dope. And I'm like, okay, but think about it. Is it... um, I wonder if he has cider. I love a good cider. Now, a keg of cider, now you're talking. Um, So, uh... Craig then talks to himself more like a lunatic and he goes, it's just coffee. You're just going to get in, get out, do not, whatever you do, Craig, put your dick in her, dude. Do not do it. Don't do it like Vegas. And then when you did it that next week after, don't do any of that. Just get in, get out, drink your coffee, be nice. And then just get out of there, dude. You know, It's, you know, it's not like we're going to get our nails done or something like that. I do love how much we hit that Craig loves getting his nails done. I do want to go to Charleston regardless. But when I do go to Charleston, I want to go around like different nail places and just show pictures of Craig and say, have you seen this man? You know, we cut to Austin back at his uh, his nail place. And uh, Austin looks at Catherine, who's now blonde. He goes, I'm a blonde guy, so I'm loving this look. Once again, that weird kind of flirty, even though he knows they're friends, but like, hey, if you happen to like touch my penis, it'd be cool with me. Loving the blonde look. It's all, it's all flirty. You know what I'm saying? And Catherine goes, you are a blonde guy. By the way, how are things going with you and Olivia? And he's like, ugh, haven't spoken since the party, bro. Uh, After I talked to her, she like... You know, she invited like, like, no, he goes, I haven't talked to her since she decided to invite my ex to her party, Madison. And he goes, I don't want to pursue someone who wants to be friends with my ex. I'm not crazy. Right. People that are crazy and are in the wrong usually go, I'm not crazy, right? Like, I'm not wrong, right? Because it forces the other person to be like, oh, no, no, you're not crazy, you're cool. And it's always just fucked up because it puts that other person in such a bad position. And Catherine like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, you know. Even though Catherine is friends with Olivia uh, from the previous episodes or as friendly as you can be on this reality show where they just met a couple episodes ago. In a talking head... Um, Catherine goes, sometimes Austin can be a petty bitch. And then we get a flashback of Catherine going petty little bitch from the first episode, they put paraffin wax on Austin's feet. And he's like, Ooh, that feels so good. Once again, another flirty. And Austin goes, dare I say erotic? He goes, I'm not kinky. I don't want to be in bed with a whip or a paddle. And you know, pain doesn't turn me on. Austin says, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Maybe tell your therapist, I don't need to know this. Catherine says, well, there's a range, you know, in, in, in whipping and paddling, you know, a hard pat, uh, usually means a kinky lover and Austin and they're talking and goes, I'm as vanilla as it comes. (laughs) Yeah, we know, dude. He goes, every guy, you know, talks themselves up wild in you know, the bedroom, like, you know, three or four positions and then you have your big finishing move. Well, I mean, one of Austin's big moves is telling people, Oh, I want to lick you front to back. Remember somewhere else? Still have not recovered from that line. That's like my version of Freddy Krueger. Sometimes I just don't want to go to sleep because I'm afraid my mind is going to show me I want to lick you from front to back. Like, ugh, Austin, no! And by the way, Austin is saying this in a talking head, but my money is that he does think he's an amazing lover. And he's just saying this to come off as an aw shucks kind of guy. We cut to Olivia now with her mom and a fly swatter. Uh, The fly swatter is not a real person. It's an actual fly swatter. And they uh, are chasing a fly. And she goes, uh, oh, look, Craig brought this to our party. It's a champagne bottle. Sweet. We should have mimosas someday, Olivia. And she goes, hey, Olivia, was Austin having a good time? And Olivia's like, we didn't end on the best night at our party. Um, you know, I, I it's like, it's so weird. And we get a flashback to that uh, scene where he's scolding her for inviting Madison. And she's like, I'm begging for you not to care about her someday. And... Her mom says, I I think it's just very sensitive. He's a very sensitive sweet boy, kind of like Forrest Gump. Now, he's a very sensitive sweet boy. You usually don't hear of the women being whatever the Madison is. You usually hear that about the men, which was such a good... I lo- oh, you you know, he's a man without testicles. Yeah, you hear about those men. He's a very special sort of man. A, a sweet sort dumb as a brick. Yeah, no, of course. He probably can't even wipe himself, the poor dear. Ooh, I feel bad for Mr. Austin. Now, I did have a wet spot on the couch. Are we assuming that is Mr. Austin at our oyster party? Was he upset? Did he want to go home? Did he even know how to get home? Is Austin potentially still here in our crawl space? Um... So, uh, cause everyone, uh, she goes, everyone has their ex stuff, but like, you know, to have me right there, like Olivia, I think is in the right in this issue. And ma, her mom says, well, she should just be happy with her husband to be, uh, about Madison and a talking head. Olivia goes, this situation is too much work. I'm not about This much drama for Austin. I mean, that's what Austin seems to be into, though, she says, which I thought was actually a perceptive line. Um, Also, I do want to, uh, Olivia, that night after Southern Charm made her debut on Watch What Happens Live with Catherine, it was a rough episode, you guys. It was rough. I think you know also it's first time on Watch What Happens Live I'm sure there were nerves and stuff but it was like her personality was not coming through at all and then Catherine's personality was so kind of skewed the other way so it just was just so disjointed I love Watch What Happens I'd say that. I'm such a huge fan of that show um so we cut to Austin saying uh um doesn't make me fall in love with you saying Montana Oh, I don't know. I Something. We're, we're back at the nail place with Austin and Catherine. And uh, he goes, hey, uh, by the way, I'm very happy you and Chubbs got back together. And Catherine's like, I'm trying to be excited, but my gut says something is off. Like Chubbs was talking to Naomi at the oyster party and it was like super disrespectful. Respectful of her, and I feel really hurt. And then we cut to chubb saying Naomi was calling you names, and then uh, Catherine saying, "Well, you should shut it down. You know, don't just listen to Naomi talk bad about me because you're a good guy." In a talking head, Catherine's like, "Well, I wouldn't talk to a guy talking shit about Chubs. I'm loyal." Hello, and Austin says, "So you think something is off?" And she goes, "To say the least." Now we get a new scene, more shots of Charleston, and then we're at Leva's house, and Leva is being professionally stretched. I think this is a workout, but my my trainer guy that I was telling you about, I don't get fucking stretched like this. So I and it looked like I was like, dude, this. The guy is like moving her body in all these weird ish, like weird ways and just bending her like a pretzel and she called it a workout i'm like i want this workout like she wasn't panting or anything she was on her back and i'm like yeah try to like stretch my legs as far as you want if i if i can just lay here i'm down for that this is rich people shit by the way when you pay people to stretch you you are doing well or you have great insurance um so uh He says that trainers, like, sometimes a good curse word is an emotional release as well. But most people are really tight. Uh, So, you know, okay, we're all tight. And she goes, I carry a ton of tension in my neck and back, and I'm shorter on my left because I carry my kid. And then little Lamar, her son, comes in, and uh, he's like, oh, my God, you're hurting Mommy. Oh, my God, who are you? Are you the strange man that makes love to me? No, he, he doesn't say that. He's just like, what are you guys doing? And she's like, Mommy's doing exercises okay? The kid is so damn cute, you guys. And uh, she goes, you know, I want to start doing less. I've been reading these books about essentialism, Leva says. And so I do less now. I, I don't cook all the time. I let my house be messy or I let shit go at work when normally I would go to war with. And I'm consciously practicing these things to make me become a calmer person now this is cool i love when people set goals for themselves i always dream about myself setting goals for myself and i just never do and then another day passes and eventually you're like i'll die eventually but you know what i'm saying like i love i'm like okay cool like this sounds on theory cool but i love that her like i'm practicing not doing things like i'm like i've been practicing that most of my life like i should start practicing doing things uh, she said, but it's not working. You know, the my, my son keeps calling, mom, 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 and pulling me. And we get a flashback of that. And her husband, Lamar, would love kid number two, which is an exciting line because I, we've theorized that Lamar and her are no longer. So it's like, OK, that I don't think you'd want another kid if you guys weren't together unless you're Tristan Thompson. Hey, yo. Now, um, so uh, she also lets us know. He, this kid, little Lamar, is up at 6 a.m. And he doesn't go to bed until 9 p.m. And that's my fault. And then we cut over to Vanita's house. And uh, her Vanita's mom's there. So she's fluffing pillows. And her mom's name is V. And I love moms. I really do. And I love V. I love Vanita's mom. And Vanita's mom's like, I have a surprise for you to her dog. I brought something in my Mary Poppins bag. And it's a toy for the dog. And V's like, ooh, Vanita, you look pretty in pink. And... Ooh, you know, that's your favorite color. And then she goes, you look pretty in everything. What a good mom already. And, uh... So uh, Vanita has big hair in this. And the mom says, I used to have big hair when I was younger. And we see a flashback pic of her mom when she was younger and she was beautiful. And Vanita says, when growing up, my mom never said I had to be a perfect little girl. She said, you're perfect however you choose to be and however you choose to go out in the world. Which is so cool. But at the same time, isn't it funny that Vanita turned out to be an influencer? which usually is somebody that is perfect. Like our influencers for better or worse kind of show this idealized lifestyle that they're trying to sell to other people. And I find that interesting for somebody whose mom said like, go out and be however you are. I believe in you, all of these amazing good things. And then they wind up being an influencer. I always just find what a weird profession to be in for so many reasons, you know? So, um, So the mom says, what's going on with you? And she goes, well, so I had a bad week. I wasn't invited to Olivia's oyster party. And her reasoning, mom, was that I didn't want to uh, have this be another garden party thing. Because remember, that's how this all started. Madison and Vanita's garden party that Vanita didn't know. uh, Sorry, the Vanita didn't know that Catherine and Vanita were coming. So there's a flashback. Two when vanita tried to talk to her at the garden party of uh you know olivia going i walk away because you're yelling vanita and vanita said my feelings were hurt that i didn't get invited to the oyster party and her mom's like yep it's all over your face you know you have to talk about these things with people not in the heat of anger the mom says and it's like a really you know like oh And Vinita's like, you know, I know I get that from you. You didn't show me how to handle things because you hid that about you and daddy a lot. And I'm like, oh, shit. Once again, I feel like Vinita is not carrying the show on her back because I feel like it's so imbalanced and it's so unfair. But Vinita is having to reveal so much, so much on this show. She's having to, uh, you know, talk about race and be the person that that is kind of thrown on. But also we're getting into her family dynamics. We're really getting to know everything, all these dark things about Vanita. And it seems like she's not very accepted by the remainder of the cast. So it's frustrating because I'm like, this girl's given us a lot. Where these other cast members, I still don't. I mean, like, God, do you know, wouldn't you love to hear some dark shit from Whitney? You know, because, you know, he has it. Um, so the mom's like, "Uh huh." I'm not going to talk to you about your daddy. And she goes, well, it's just me and mom and daddy one day. And then I came back from high school and daddy was gone one night. And uh, she said, all I know is that I had two parents, you and dad. And then dad didn't come home one night. And she says, well, and you still have two parents, Vanita. And she laughs. And Vanita's like, don't laugh. It's not funny. I don't know anything. And V says, the only thing I'll tell you about your dad was that it involved infidelity. In a talking head, Vanita uh, said, dad was probably having a double life since I was in the eighth grade. My aunt called one day and told me that my dad was remarrying. And that was the first time I realized that he would not get back together with my mom. Uh. The mom says, well, he was thinking with the wrong parts of his anatomy, and I didn't need to show my daughter my pain. I was like, damn, that is strong. You know, like I say, I always just cry about everything. And this was somebody, you know, like, I mean, this is another example of women are just fucking powerful, man. Vanita says, well, other parents argue it out and figure out things, and I didn't see that. I love that she's like, this is why, this is, I blame you for my relationship with Olivia. Well, mom says, I grew up in a house where they did argue, and uh, it taught me not to do that. So, you know, the mom saw growing up what she didn't want, and so she didn't have that in her household. Vanita on a talking to Ed, says, teaching someone to avoid a fight doesn't teach them how to deal with it, though. I'll get overly upset and I don't know how to do that on a non-personal level. And her mom says, well, I was trying to protect you from the pitfalls in life. And that maybe that was a bad thing and you didn't know how to deal with adversity. All I can do is apologize and do my best from here on out. God damn, so smart. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, that's amazing. Uh, No book is going to teach you how to do it, you know, and learn these things and, uh, you know, and she kind of apologizes for what she can apologize and just says, I'll do better from here on out. And Vanita says, well, that's more than I had yesterday. And uh, the mom goes, and that's all you're getting from me today. So it was a cute little scene. I really liked it, actually. I thought I humanized Vanita a lot more, and I, I really appreciated that scene. I do want to see more of Vanita's mom. I would love to see Venita's mom with Miss Patricia. I really, I really would. We cut to um, uh, Shep is with Little Craig, his French bulldog. He's walking up the steps over at Miss Patricia's house. Knock, knock, knock. Come on, little Craig. Come on. And Miss Patricia's like, there he is. All right. There he is. And Shep's like, good to see you are doing well to Whitney. Cause Whitney's there. And, uh, Chef goes to Miss Patricia. Brought you a friend, huh? Here's, here he is, my French bulldog, little Chef. I mean, little Craig. And uh, she goes, I bought him something. I got a bottle of squeaky champagne, a little dog toy. It's unshreddable. It's unshreddable. He cannot shred this. And, uh, He's like, oh, well, he'll be able to shred it. Meet the Tasmanian devil. My dad calls him the French terrorist. And I was like, ha, ha 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 ha. Shep just made a French terrorist joke. We're all ritzy. There's a new man butler that's there, you guys. And he's taking drink orders. And Miss Patricia's doing an old fashioned. So Shep's like, oh, yeah, I'll do old fashioned. And his name is my favorite name, you guys Randy. Randy the man butler. Randy the man butler, you'll never replace Michael, but what a great name, Randy. Randy the man butler. And even Miss Patricia goes, nobody will take Michael's place, but he's been good, Randy. He's working out. And when he's like, he helped alleviate my duties as the official dog walker. And uh, Miss Patricia's like, Randy's a lovely man. You know, he's lovely. Uh, he's, you know, he mixes drinks much better than Whitney, my dipshit son. And we get a flashback of Whitney trying to fill the shoes of Michael. And Miss Patricia was ringing the bell. And Whitney's like, Jesus Christ, with that bell, Mom. We see that uh, Little Craig has already popped the top two the dog toy. And uh, Miss Patricia goes, speaking of encouraged damage, when Little Craig was over here last weekend, Peaches was... Um, well, how do I say this? Peaches, uh, your dog violated Peaches in many sorts of ways. Now, Peaches is uh, Miss Patricia. What if Peaches was a human? Peaches was Miss Patricia's dog. No, Peaches is Miss Patricia's female dog. And Whitney goes, "That feral mess." And Miss Patricia's like, "It's okay. It's okay. He can see Peaches. You know. Come on, let little Craig see Peaches. See the damage that has been done." In a talking head, uh Miss Patricia goes little Craig mounted is too strong of a word, but he sullied Peach's reputation now, trigger warning, I do want to make a joke here that isn't it interesting Didn't thomas ravenall uh, is is little Craig the Thomas ravenall of dogs didn't wasn't there a lot of accusations against Thomas Ravenall about forcing himself on the help and stuff like that? I love that even the dogs in Charleston. The actual dogs, not the male dogs, uh, are literally selling girls' reputations. And I love the next part because they're like, well, what should we do for this? Let's have a wedding. Little Craig has to do the honorable thing. I'd like to have a wedding between these two dogs. And Chef's uh, like, oh, make an honest doggie out of her? And he goes, oh, man. And uh, she goes, well, because I don't see anyone in this room doing anything of the sort in the near future. And we see Whitney and Shep. They're such pussies in regards to marriage. They're like, oh, OK. Shep's like, OK, so let's uh, give you the wedding you deserve. And he goes, uh, in a talking head, Shep goes, if little Craig had his way, he would have he would be a bachelor for life like Whitney. And then Shep laughs. <laughs> little did we know. I mean, we all kind of assumed him and taylor did break up so i love that he uses whitney as an example i'm like yo bro look in the mirror just like you dude you cannot commit little craig you're teaching little craig these wicked ways and um so it's like are you gonna you know miss patricia's like are you are you having any wedding bells in your earship? ship and Shep's like, no, 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 Taylor isn't the pressure kind of type to do that. Then we cut to Taylor. She's in her nursing scrubs. I forgot Taylor actually has a job. That's another thing. She wasn't a gold digger, you guys. And Marcy, Shep's cousin, they're hugging. Taylor went over to Marcy's, and uh, Marcy shows Taylor the nursery. and It's really big, and it's pretty, and it's pink. And Taylor's like, it's so pink. I love it. She's five weeks until she's due. And uh, Taylor and I are talking, and says, in my perfect world, I would get married at 30— um have kids by 33 and she goes how old am i now she says in a talking head uh so we get back there we see all the baby clothes in the closet it's so many clothes you guys this baby and from what i understand babies grow out of the actual size that they come out and they keep getting bigger and bigger so this closet oh my god so many clothes i would dress babies in pillowcases um so uh, Taylor goes, I get giddy seeing the cute little children's clothes and the strollers and all these things. I'm sorry. Taylor really genuinely seems like a cool person. Olivia is friends with Taylor and said on Watch What Happens Live that, um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, never say never. Uh, they were on a break and then it got serious, I guess, you know, and uh, Shep has some things to work out, Olivia said on Watch What Happens Live. So, um, in a talking to Taylor also goes. Shep's clock might be, might not be ticking, but mine is. Uh oh. So I know we are leading up to some kind of ultimatum by the end of the season. Uh, we cut to Shep, and uh, Miss Patricia's like, every southern girl wants to be married, Shep. Um, and uh, Miss Patricia goes, Well, if I I hadn't had a proposal from a man for four months, I would have walked. You know. And in Talking Head, Miss Patricia's like, she's got to give him an ultimatum. Taylor has been too acquiescent to Shep's needs. Uh, You know, come on. What amazing girls would put up with the two of you? And Shep goes, well, Whitney and I are kind of like on the George Clooney track. LOL. I love it. Like, you know, without the movie stardom, uh, the universal love. You know, like George Clooney was a, you know, renowned bachelor. Like I remember the people magazine where Michelle Pfeiffer said, yeah, George is going to be single. George thinks he's going to be single for his entire life until he met Amal uh, Clooney, who he's now married to and has uh, two kids with. But I remember that I grew up when like around that time when like he was considered like the bachelor's bachelor. And it's bullshit. Like, I love that it was like, you know, he found the right person. But also George Clooney, even at that time when he was saying that, he was universally loved. Nobody had bad words to say about George Clooney. Now, Whitney and Shep, there's a lot of things that people said about these guys. Um, Whitney's like, yeah, we want to make sure, Mom, that we do all our stuff in our 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, we cut to Naomi meeting Craig for coffee. Naomi orders a foxy chai, and you guys... Guess what? They're out of chai. God damn it. It ruined the entire show. What if by the way, this is how like kind of weird the season is that I was like, what if the rest of the storyline for the show is just about them being out of chai? Like we've got to get this chai. Craig needs a chai pronto. Um so Naomi calls Craig cuz he's not there and she's like, what, what what do you want me to order for you? He's like, y'all, yeah, take like a dirty chai latte, please. And he goes, "Yeah, they're out of chai." Okay, hot tea is fine. Craig, I mean, I do, Craig is just, I love how unique he is. Cause I'm like that way too. I don't like hot tea, but I like that he likes his weird little things. You know, Craig pulls up, he walks like so blase. He's like, Oh, he's just like, what he's like, just his knuckles are scraping on the ground. He's like, Hey, what's up? How are you? And he he's like, why are you grumpy? He's like, I'm not grumpy. I'm just, I'm just run. I'm just run down right now. The mood boards are killing me. And then Naomi goes, oh, my God, you have a better manicure than me. And Craig's like, thanks. So, uh, and then Craig takes a sip of the tea. He's like, oh, that's hot. Oh, my God. Um, So he goes, did you have fun at Olivia's oyster party? She goes, it was fun. It was fun. And he goes, what about Catherine? And Olivia's like, I mean, sorry, Naeem was like, during the party, Chubbs came up to me and was like, hey, how are you? And he started going in about Catherine. And we get another flashback where he's kind of talking shit about a flashback. And she's like, he was saying some really not nice things about Catherine. And Craig's like, like what? And then we get a flashback to that whole, you know, I'll tune her out and watch ESPN. And Naeem was like, he just didn't seem happy. And... Naomi goes, Craig, one of the lessons I learned after what happened to me and you is don't air your dirty laundry with other people. And I, you know, I I do feel badly about that, but I think karma is real because Matul, my next boyfriend, did the same thing to me. So I got, you know, I, I, you know, I, I learned my lesson with that. In a talking head, she goes, Craig is making me very uncomfortable. He's jittery at this meeting. He's not making eye contact. He's looking over his shoulder like who's coming. And then we get a super cut of Craig doing all of those things. He's like, Ugh. just just very jittery. And this is where I was like, is this real? I don't know. Um, he's like, he's acting like I'm a, like a part of a sting operation or something. I clearly don't know why Craig is acting like a weirdo, she says. Uh, in a talking head. Uh Craig's like, why couldn't she tell me over this over the phone about Chubbs and Catherine? And Naomi goes, listen, I just wanted to give you this information. You're friends with her. It seems like the right thing to do, and you'll know the right thing to do with it. We see his knee shaking shaking again. And he's like, okay, I gotta go pick up Paige from the airport. And she's like, really? Okay, well, let's all do a fun night out. And he goes, maybe one day. And Naomi's like, well, I want to have, have fun, get a drink. And he goes... Naomi, unfortunately, there's still boundaries that have to be there. It's nice to catch up, but my path has taken me on a new relationship with Paige. And at the end of the day, you're my ex-girlfriend, and it's not appropriate to hang out just yet. I love that he throws the just yet in there. She goes, you're kidding, right? We can't forget the past, Naomi. In a talking head, uh, he goes, I think Paige is being very understanding, even though she doesn't understand it. You know, because she lives in New York where you don't run into your exes. And if you do, you don't hook up with them. And I just don't want to push it by disrespecting her even further. In a talking head, Naomi goes, "Uh, if I didn't think we were on the same page, I wouldn't have asked um, him for coffee. I'm not a weirdo. I mean, if Paige and Craig are awkward, that's on them, not me. I love that Naomi's always solid in how she is. She's like, "Uh, no, you're a fucking weirdo. We cut to Olivia. And Leva, uh, Olivia's driving and calls Leva. Once again, a phone call. We don't need She's like, hey, babe, how are you? And Leva's like, I'm at Republic, my restaurant. And she's like, I'm, gun- I'm going to meet Vanita because she asked me. And then Leva goes, awesome. Heal it up, girl. Keep me posted. If any of you guys, by the way, actually, no, this will be a good challenge. It's so bad it's a good challenge. Everybody call one of their girlfriends today or boyfriends or whatever and go, heal it up, girl. Heal it up, heal it up today, girl. Can you heal? Good, heal it up, girl. Keep me posted. So that's that was that whole little scene. We just need we needed Leva involved to say heal it up, even though I did like that line. Um, so Vanita is at some sort of juice healthy juice bar. Olivia comes in. She's like, "This is cute." And Vanita's like, "Yeah, it's really healthy stuff." And she's like, "Yeah, I know. I got a green drink." And Vanita goes, with my parents, all I've ever seen is avoidance in confrontation. So that's why I'm trying to step up and resolve things with Olivia. By the way, that's a talking head. Wouldn't that be funny if she just said that out loud at the table? And Olivia's like, I'm literally right here. Um, so Vanita goes, how was the party? And she's like, Olivia's like, it was good. Um, and Vanita's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Olivia's like, well, we're here. Cheers. It's really awkward. Olivia goes, I, I appreciated your idea to do this. And Vanita says, you know, you and I had a rocky start, so I want to be able to lay it on the table. Um, And Olivia goes, I think I have a very false idea of who I am. That last conversation we had and you threw out some assumptions about me that I was really thrown by. Guess what, folks? Flashback. And Olivia's like, I heard the word racist from you, Vanita, and I'm not going to stay here for that. Um, You were insinuating something that wasn't true for me, and it's just not okay with me. And then Venita goes, yeah, but you then walked away and that seemed dismissive. And Olivia's like, I understand that. But in my mind, it's like a way to cool off for myself. Like I felt myself get heated and nothing will get resolved in that moment. I do got to say I respect people that know themselves, if that is the truth, know themselves well enough to walk away from scenarios so it doesn't get uh, you know, overly heated. And Venita goes. Venita goes. I apologize for coming to you heated. That's not who I am as an ind- individual. And Olivia's like, I appreciate that. And Venita goes. This is a clean slate. We don't have to worry about it. We have everybody worry about everybody else. But out of curiosity, so it's a clean slate. So I'm like, good. And then she goes, out of curiosity, that smoke and heat with Madison. Like, why did you invited Madison and Austin? You knew was going to be there, but you still invited her to the party. And Olivia's like, Madison and I are fine. And then I get an earful about it from Austin. We get a flashback to Austin giving her an earful about it. Benita says, are you all dating you in Austin? and Austin? She's like, we've had one group date. And then we had a single date. And it's like, we're in a weird limbo. I've also let him touch, like, the top of my labia. And it was just weird. And he's grabbed, like, buttocks of mine. Um, and Benita's like, do you think Madison knows that you guys went on some dates? And Olivia's like, why does it matter? And Vanita's like, well, part of her still feels like entitled to know because she's the ex. We get a flashback to three days ago where Madison and Vanita are shopping. And uh, Vanita's like, well, doesn't, you know, No, Madison tells Vanita, doesn't Austin have like three other girlfriends? Like, hopefully he doesn't break Olivia's heart because like, I don't know how he does that to anyone. And um, Vanita goes, you've moved on. To Madison, We cut to Vanita saying, uh, you know, Madison, that girl is engaged and she doesn't need to worry about that. And Olivia's like, for sure, for sure. Uh, Olivia drinks her green drink and it's so horrible. She's like, oh, my God, I almost made you try that because misery loves company, Vanita. So we then cut to Chubb's house, his mom's house. He comes in the door. He's like, Mama, it's me, Chubb's. It's your boy Chubbs. C-H-L-E-B, Caleb Chubb's. And the mom's like, Lord, you're looking good, baby. You got to hug me. You got to kiss me. This mom's name is Debbie. I love Debbie as well. Um, The mom's like, look at me. I'm doing all different colors on my hair. And she's like, you want something to drink, baby? And he's like, yeah, something brown to drink. You got Crown? Uh, Okay, cool. Crown Royal. You got a whole handle there. And he's having it on the rocks like a man because Debbie cannot find a Coke in the fridge. And then he's like, Mom, you want one? And she's like, no, I have a beer and water. (laughs) of beer and celery (laughs) so uh she's like what you been up to and he goes i've been working seven days a week and i'm pretty damn tired you know um and uh, and she goes, what's wrong with you, honey? Are your pants getting too tight? And we see on his shoes, there's like a tag on his shoes. And she's like, you're going to have a big thing hanging off of your shoes like that? And he's like, no, Mom, this is like the drip these days. I agree with Debbie. I don't like these stupid little tags on your shoe. Like, like I like they keep the stickers on the hats now. Like, I'm sorry. It's like I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but it's like it looks stupid. She goes, how's Catherine doing? And Chubbs is like, we've been through stuff recently. There's this girl, Naomi. Uh, Catherine and her don't like each other. And we were talking and guess what, guys, we get a flashback to Catherine and Chubbs talking, saying, I don't know how to move forward with Naomi saying this in a talking head. Chubbs goes, I don't want to be in a relationship that I think badly about the other person who does, um, the mom, Debbie goes, you know, Chubbs, you need to make up a list. And if you can think of more things that you dislike about the person than you like about the person, you ain't going to make it, baby. Now we cut to Paige doing what she does best, and that's laying down on a couch. Um, you know, actually, number one best laying on a bed. This is a couch, but she's still doing classic Page Sorbo work. Uh, horizontal. Uh, she's like, "I want a coffee, Craig," and and so he's making a coffee. Remember, his house is under construction, so I guess the kitchen is in the living room, and uh, she's like. I got maple flavored coffee. I got mint. And she's like, Craig, do you know anything about me? You know I hate mint. And he's like, babe, imagine when we actually have a kitchen. Paige says, yeah, remember? Like, We'll be like, we had a kitchen in the living room. And Craig's like, it's hard to live out of boxes, but Paige was okay with it, and that's pretty cool. And then Paige is like, Craig's like, you want to sit outside? And he's like, yeah, let's sit outside. And Paige goes, I'm excited for the backyard to be done. And Craig goes, I don't really do hot beverages. He's drinking the coffee. And she's like, what are you talking about? You drink tea every night. He's like, yeah, but I'd rather drink iced coffee. Do they have uh, a machine for that? And she's like, you don't even like coffee, Craig. You like your tea bullshit. And she goes, but you be you. And he goes, I love that about you. I don't have to be anyone but myself. And then in the talking head goes, Paige is my biggest fan. And that's something I've been looking for for a really long time. <laughs> Craig literally goes, she's my biggest fan. And thats it's not I've been looking for her. And that's something I've been looking for. I've been looking for a really big fan. And that's, that's something I've been looking for, for somebody that is a really big fan of Craig Conover. But I do I do love people and I do appreciate – I joke about it. I do appreciate people that let people be who they are and appreciate people's – I'm full of peculi- peculiarity. Oh, my God. Am I having a stroke? Peculiar – I can't say peculiarities. Oh, no. Well, we'll leave this in. But I'm peculiar. How about that? And uh, so I appreciate Craig's peculiarness. anyways – Craig starts talking about the plans for the backyard. He's like, pool goes over there. And over in that space will be where the kids play sports and stuff. I want to have three or four kids. Me and Paige both want kids. I'm trying to renovate the house with that vision in mind. And then uh, she's like, where's the grill going to go? And then Paige goes, can I make a suggestion? Put a sound system around the entire house for when you have parties. And Craig's like, great idea, babe. And she goes, stick around. I'm full of them stick around i'm full of them like they're totally getting off on each other and craig's like i feel like we're 80 we're like years old we're like sitting in our rocking chair chairs and Paige's like yeah they're real rockers it was a cute scene so anyways we cut to miss pat is with a wedding planner she's like i think i called you here i know you're a real wedding planner i think it'd be fun to have a dog wedding so i need a wedding planner and the wedding planner's like, well, is it going to be big and small, intimate? She's like about 25 people. Might be the only wedding I throw for someone since Whitney's a big old dipshit in the talking head. She goes, if Whitney got married, I'd have it all planned out already in my mind. You know, a cathedral, gothic, Valentino doing mother of the groom. We get flowers from Paris, but I don't get to make those decisions. So I'll make it for my doggy." And uh, the lady's like, well, who will officiate? And she's like, well, they both have Dr. Berger as their vet and uh so he's going to officiate and the lady's like where do you want to do this well in the garden out back and she's like do you want to do champagne yeah i do but i want to put it in coop glasses not flutes and then they talk about nerdy shit like the age of the coop cl- i don't know and he goes and you know what the cake i want the cakes that were featured in the hit 1987 movie steel magnolias drink your juice shelby oh i bet you would <laughs> You know, the groom's cake is a bride's cake and a groom's cake. The groom's cake is an armadillo made out of red velvet. This is actually true. And she goes, when do you think you're going to do this? And then she goes, this week. And invitations have already been sent out. Dun, dun, dun. And the lady's like, oh, my God. Don't you know? Don't you know? To be continued. And then next week, you guys the wedding of the century, not Teresa giudice and Louie's wedding, which I need to talk about more about her hair. Uh, we'll do that in the next episode, as well as Britney Spears, because I did not finish all the details about that. But details about both of these things keep uh, coming up. So uh, we'll do that next episode. But yeah, it's the dog wedding. And guess what? Austin is there. Olivia brings a date. And then Paige goes, you know, Austin, Sierra's in town. And Austin's like Zeeks doing I page like, are you a friend or are you not a friend? Like this guy is trash. Anywho, you guys, what an episode! We had so much fun today. Uh, clocking it at just a little over two hours and fifteen minutes, and t- I'm telling you, I could have gone longer because I have so many other things to talk about. But we'll do that. We've got our whole lives with each other. Thank you so much for joining. If you like the show, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want more episodes, go over to the Patreon. I just did a close to two hour episode with Mediza Lopez on Sunday over there. Over two hundred other episodes on the Patreon for five bucks a month, you can get access to all of those. And I hope you just have a great Tuesday. We uh, we're now forty percent through the week, so. Have a great day, you guys. I'll talk to you later.
0: Betches.